What's up, Videolanders? I'm your host, Brad Hawkins, and with me tonight are my marathon men. It's your boy, Kyle. Matt. And Nathan. Quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Videoland. We are critics with attitude, which means we're uncensored. We say whatever pops into our crazy little heads, so proceed with caution. Also, spoiler alert, we're going to spoil the movies we're talking about tonight. So if you don't want them ruined, pause the episode and come back later. With that said, welcome to the Marathon Golden Idols. With our marathons, we choose five to six movies from the same genre or director to view and compare. The various category winners are given Golden Idols, and the movies with the most Golden Idols wins. It's like the Oscars, but AV style. All right, guys. Mm -hmm. This is episode number 300. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight we're done in hell. (laughs) Where's your party hats? Where's your pinatas? I did. You didn't tell me to bring up yeah. party pinata. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can hit Matt with a stick for a while yeah. and see if he drops some candy. I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to take a second and acknowledge how far we've come from a few hundred people. I think for the longest time we sat at four hundred. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then you know, here we go. Yeah, a couple, yeah. couple thousand. It's like four thousand right now. Yeah, right. Yeah. Four thousand. So what are you guys thoughts on that? It, we don't it, have to pull each other's dicks all night. Just. Yeah, like it's, it's it's really cool to watch it grow. There are some times where I'm like, man, I used to feel like so close to a lot of people yeah. in this group, and now it's right. like, man, I don't know who this guy is or who yeah. that lady is. But that's that's a cool thing too. Yeah, that's cool like, about it's it. It's like yeah. widespread, and you know, we're in a shitload of countries too, which yeah. is awesome. I mean, even just from between last year with episode 200, and now this year our year with 300, the dynamic of the Facebook group has changed. Uh, like a third of the council is different, so it's it's changed a lot. The studio and, like, is completely yeah different. Yeah. Dynamics different. Uh, everything's different. But uh, you know, I'm 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 cool with it. I mean, it's, groups have to evolve, and it's it's still pretty fun. So it's still like fun. cousin Wayne has fans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> they miss him when he's not on. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, you know his name? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's weird. I you know. I really, I don't want to be fucking kiss-assy about it, but I mean, I really do appreciate it. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, I was th- you know, thinking about it on the way up here, I bet I've watched 200 movies. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, just yeah. just for shit like this. Yeah. And like, yeah. um, I know when I first started, you know, I did like my top tens. We, you know, we did those AV episodes where yeah, it was yeah. like, you know, I'd get to know people and like, there's you know, we watched that'll probably be on your top ten. If you yeah, tons today. of movies. I don't yeah. know. I don't even know how I would do my top ten now because there's so many fucking movies yeah. that I that I now know. I remember when I started, and I was like, you know, the only movies I consider Pantheon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are like, <laughs> like three movies. Are like, like, there are three kill, are like kill Bill and Last Crusade, <laughs> and anything else could suck my dick. Yeah, right. And it's like, well, you know what? Like that was fucking ignorant because you know what I mean. Like yeah, yeah, we've yeah. watched so many fucking great movies now. Yeah. I had never watched a Marilyn Monroe movie until this marathon. Me either. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. You messaged me not too long ago, and you're like, man, I th- we still have so much more to go. There's yeah, so many subgenres yeah. that are untapped. So many, so many movies, man. So um, best thing I can say, man, after 300 episodes, man, like we're still going strong. Yeah. I'm still going strong. I have years of marathons and verses in the books. We have, um, you know, I have new interviews lined up. Uh, we're constantly evolving. I think you said that, right, Matt? Mm-hmm. We're constantly evolving. Um, I just bought a new computer, um, trying out different editing tools and software. So big ideas for the future. Uh, hopefully, uh, um, maybe our first screening in a few years, you know, with someone like Joe Lansdale or something is, is something I'm pushing forward, you know. So I'm excited, man. I'm a proud father. Um, a lot of hard work. A lot of hard work. But it's fun. Um, so at 300, we're not slowing down. In fact, we want to add to the family. So if you want to talk about movies, hit any of us up on Facebook or wherever you can find us. Um, I also want to encourage to uh, encourage our listeners, man. If you want to create something, 
create it. You know, don't wait for mm-hmm. someone else to mm-hmm. do it. Just make it happen, man. When we first started out, we had a phone. I'm still using my phone. You know, we're going to... Um, <laughs> Go on YouTube, watch some of those early episodes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy. <laughs> be like, holy fuck. Yeah, we were filming uh, videos with a little Godzilla, miniature Godzilla, holding up our, our smartphone <laughs> to record. So, but you got to start somewhere, right. right? You know, and we might update sometime where we're recording on a computer and maybe some you know better mics, but... You know, don't let that stop you from right. creating, you know. You know, we started a whole community of people off of a fucking smartphone. A movie and, and we Facebook. covered in one of our marathons was Tangerine. They filmed it on a yeah. fucking iPhone. Yeah. The yeah, whole yeah, movie. Yeah. And it was nominated for Oscars. You yeah. can fucking do shit. Yeah, so pull out your smartphone, man. Just get creative. Mm-hmm. Get creative, man, and start a, start your own community. But um, in Matthew, 300, yeah. this is your last episode. For a while. For a while. Yeah. So. For quite a while. Yeah, you'll be moving out of state. So where are you moving to? I am moving to North Carolina, Raleigh-Durham area. So lived with my dad for a while. Hopefully again my own place soon after that. So yeah, just better opportunities. That's what I'm hoping. Awesome. And even though you're moving, you're still the website editor. Yeah. And a big part of the Videoland family. Yep. So this isn't goodbye. No, because I'm just... still a member of the council, so I yep. have to remove. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch plenty of movies. Yeah. So he still uh, gets people year. to get pissed at him. Too. So yeah. uh, <laughs> we just wanted to say safe travels, and Absolutely. we'll see you online. Thank you very much. So you guys want to you guys want to jerk him off or anything real quick? <laughs> no. no, I think you've been. I mean, I've really enjoyed every episode that you've been with us on. You know Thank I mean? you. Like. Um, you do your shit. Like, you got pages and pages of notes. Like, you're yeah. the only person that rivals Brad in, like, mm-hmm. the amount of Just fucking, like, paperwork that like, you bring yeah. in with you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I do appreciate... I mean, I know, like, anytime we've brought people in for these episodes, like, you know, whether it be, it be uh, well, or your, you or your brother, right. or, like, who who is that? Chase? Or who the yeah, fuck? Chase Woodrow. Anybody yeah. we bring in has been fucking, like, on point, and I've been really impressed with, you know, just the effort that they put into it, and, like, it's been it's been great. Yeah, I'm gonna miss you, man, because mm-hmm. there's sure. um, there's not a lot of people, like, um, bringing in people like Chase, or, you know, some, some other people. Chase is a great example, you know? Um, some people just don't have as much time, or it's, it's, they, it's, they're not into it as they, much as some other a, people. They have a niche thing. They're like, exactly. I want to do right. this That's, particular thing. Matthew's like always like, yeah, give me whatever I'm you want. I'll do whatever. I'll yeah. do Dolomite. I'll yeah. do anime. Yeah. I'll yes. do really It's wild. so hard to find three or four people that will, let's do Billy Wilder. We'll talk about the poll at the end. It's not our strongest poll because mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't watching those movies and a lot of people don't want to take the time to, to marathon five movies. Right. You know, so yeah, you're a, uh, you know, it's gonna we're gonna miss you having you on the team, and and it's gonna be hard to fill that spot. You know, uh, with you and your brother God now, and Jeremy, mm-hmm. three yeah. the three people mm-hmm. who really put time into it, and you know, like different genres and subgenres, and and want to know what they think about movies have left. Yeah, so right. uh, we got uh, our work cut out for us to find uh, <laughs> you know a fourth person. But uh, all right, guys, let's do this. Every Labor Day, we celebrate a director who worked his or her ass off. Mm-hmm. So in the past, we've celebrated Hitchcock and Miyazaki. Very educational episodes. If you want to learn something, you might as well let the masters teach you, right? So this Labor Day, we decided to talk about Billy Wilder. He has 27 directing credits on IMDb. He became a director because he didn't want others butchering his scripts. He co-wrote all of his films. Uh, Many consider him a master of genre filmmaking. Um, In this marathon marathon alone, we watched drama, comedy, war, Film noir. Yeah, I mean, he directed something for everybody. I mean, if you don't like one Billy Wilder movie, right. go watch a different one. <laughs> go watch another <laughs> watch one. You know? one yeah. um, he was known for his witty dialogue, his tight plotting, his character development. I think Billy Wilder films stand the test of time, and I'm glad we're celebrating his films tonight. Um, actually, a lot of his films are considered classics, and I think 
all of them that we watched tonight are in the ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and, and, and like none of none of them were a hundred percent. And the man has seven movies that he directed that are a hundred percent that we're not even touching. Exactly, right. exactly. Uh, I'm like, that's that how too. fucking good he is. Like, exactly. And and when we talk about directors that work their ass off, it's not just like people that keep producing good direction. Like he wrote all his movies. Right. He produced things like. The guy like put everything into every movie, and as soon as that movie was done, he was on to another one. Like just like Hitchcock and me. He's getting, you know, he's getting like you know award nominations or, or you know for like writing, directing, cinematography, like, like everything for like one film. You know, yeah. like that's crazy to me. Yeah, I do want to add too with the apartment. Uh, Billy Walter became the first person to win Academy Awards as producer, director, and screenwriter. That's what it was. Yeah, for the same film, and that that's impressive. It is. That's impressive. So, any more thoughts on Billy Wilder, guys? Before we start off, yeah, like uh, Billy Wilder is tied with Alfred Hitchcock for the most films in AFI's top 100. Is he He's really? got four films, wow, and we're that. covering all four of those movies wow. plus an additional <laughs> one on there like and his averaged out to be like 39 and Hitchcock's averaged out to be 40 so he's you know just a little bit higher than Hitchcock in the, in that regard and like that's that's incredibly impressive and like I said he had other films like uh, Sabrina Seven Year Itch Ace in the Hole Witness for the Prosecution that are like hundreds on yeah. Rotten Tomato that like People know yeah. and are, are you know super fucking popular and amazing too. So and probably one of the most cynical Hollywood directors to ever hold a camera. You know? I, yeah, I was gonna say which I connect with a little. Bit, I think so. the thing that I learned the most about this was like, I never realized how much of a, just an asshole he was. Like there were there's you know people were you know at the uh, I think it was the premiere of uh, Sunset Boulevard where one of these other directors was like you know how dare you portray our you yeah. know our our. Uh, our uh, you know, our lifestyle, business. our business like yeah. this, you know, and he was like, "Fuck you, fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm not gonna get into it right now, but my "what the fuck" is something that he says. Oh to yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's like, "Motherfucker, I escaped Hitler from Austria." Like, <laughs> yeah, get, fucking who cares? You know, which was a great point. His worldview was probably created by history. His entire family died in the Holocaust, and then he uh, left everything behind. He left uh, Nazi-occupied Austria. He uh, he he. He said, fuck the Nazis. He left for Paris, and then he moved to Hollywood in 1933, becoming one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's hard to do. Do you have any other thoughts on Billy Walter? Uh, I've been a fan of his quite a while. I've seen a few of these films on this list before. I've seen a couple of other ones. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think you can even go wrong with them. Almost any films, really good. Um I'll touch on later, but I was surprised how much violence there were, were in these films. Like some, even where you wouldn't think there would be violence showing up, it's still there. Just and that ties into cynicism as well. But uh, yeah, I just I really had fun with this marathon just to proceed as well because all these films are really good. Yeah, can you imagine if he would have stayed with his family though? You know, his fate would have probably been the same as theirs. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. You know, just how many inventors and artists sure. and just very talented people, you know, died during the Holocaust? How many other Billy Wilders were out there, you know? Mm-hmm. How many other, you know, great entertainers, you know, died in the Holocaust? I was thinking mm-hmm. about that today. It just blows my mind that someone like him, you know, escaped, you know, such a uh, such events, you know, mm-hmm. and becomes this this great filmmaker. Do you have something to say about no, Billy Wilder? No, I was going to say, um, just to kind of piggyback off what you said, Matt, about um, how, they're, how they're violent, I, I was surprised at how how dark the tone was right. for a lot of these films. Even, even subject comedies. All of them the were. subject matter, I think, is really advanced for the time. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think probably the the events of his past probably do color a lot of, the, you know, that cynicism and sort of the, his dark outlook on life, yep. you know? Um, and I think, you know, because I think those those sorts of things do influence your art. Yeah, for sure. That's you know. So in in a way, 
it's it's you know I'm not gonna say it's a good thing. What but, were you but, about to say? <laughs> no, 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 I'm trying to tiptoe around like you know, yeah, like tragedy. There's can no be tiptoeing around the Holocaust, Nathan. <laughs> so in some ways, the Holocaust was good for you. Know, uh, brought out oh, the art in them. All right, let's move on. So, <laughs> so anyway, best location. Goes. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm very excited to be talking about these uh, these five films, Kyle. Uh, what Billy Wilder films did we watch, and how do they stack up against each other? All right, well, we watched uh, The Apartment from 1960, starring Jack Lemmon and uh, Shirley MacLaine and Fred McMurray. It had IMDb score of 8.3 and a Rotten Tomatoes low of 94%. 94 is usually it's the low. Uh, high. <laughs> so, you know, we're, uh, and it sits at number 93 on AFI's Top 100 Ooh. of All Time. Yeah. Then we have Double Double Indemnity from 1944, starring Fred McMurray and Barbara Stanwyck. I practice saying that. Edward today. G. Robinson. <laughs> uh, IMDb uh, 8.3, Rotten Tomatoes 96%, and is on uh, number 38 on AFI's Top 100. Some Like It Hot from 1959, starring Tony Curtis, uh, Jack Lemmon, and Marilyn Monroe. An 8.3 on IMDb, very common theme, 8.3 on IMDb. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 96%, and is number 14 on AFI's Top 100 of all time. I thought it was higher than that, actually, but yeah, it's pretty high. It's the number one comedy of all time. Number one comedy. It's the highest, yes, highest comedy. Uh, Stalag 17 from 1953, IMDb low of uh, 8 which is an incredibly <laughs> high number. Uh, uh, Rotten Tomato score at 97% and uh, is not ranked on AFI's Top 100. Uh, Sunset Boulevard, 1950, uh, starring, uh, I almost said Norma Desmond because she plays the character so well, uh, Gloria Swanson and uh, William Holden. Uh, IMDb high of 8.5, Rotten Tomato high of 98%, and AFI high of number 12 all mm-hmm. time. So uh, Sunset Boulevard is the heavy yes. hitter. Also... Uh, important to note, it was our first uh, nomination for Pantheon, yeah, outside right. of Star Wars, so, which was kind of just thrown up, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, is kind of highly regarded as the most, like, ooh, I wish I could have voted different on that. For the yeah, I think no. that's kind of the big elephant in the room for this marathon, right, is that, like, we've always sort of talked about, well, Sunset Boulevard really got robbed, you yep. know, and it was the first, it was the first no- real nomination, and I think a lot of people, I said yes, I don't, I don't remember how everything broke down, but it was very close, it was within like yeah. one vote. Well, I think it was one vote, yeah. I, yeah, there were uh, two people that said no that like have gone on, on record being like, yeah. I but then I think a lot no of people at that time were still trying to figure out what Pantheon meant right. to them. Absolutely, no, absolutely. So I think with this group and now and everything we've been through as a council, I think that it, you know, if it was up today, yeah. it would have made it. I think you know? I think it's funny because, you know, I think we were too, we were obviously too strict I think on Sunset but then I think we swung the the next one was Fright Night and that's the other one that I yeah. think we, we get a lot of shit for yeah, yeah, is yeah. like well then you just let Fright Night in yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean <laughs> well it was like I, you know is that you went from being super super strict to maybe being a little yeah, lax yeah, yeah. you know and, and not that I I voted yes for Fright Night yeah, too yeah, yeah. but um, it's just that weird beginning of Pantheon sort of uh, everyone feeling out where, where we go exactly but you know I think the biggest thing we could do wrong tonight is to let Sunset win if it doesn't deserve it. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, I, I, I don't think I gave it awards that it didn't deserve. Yeah. I really don't. I'm not trying to, like, push this shit through. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if it's the best, it'll win. And if it's not, and, it, and it, you know what? Whatever. When April like, nominated Sunset Boulevard, um, that was the first time I ever watched it. And um, I think I've watched, I think I watched Double Indemnity, you know? But uh, other than so that... Close. yeah, I, Indemnity. So oh, God damn it. I haven't practiced in front of the mirror. All day. I haven't practiced in the mirror. Now it's just stage fright. But... <laughs> Blame it on stage fright, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm very curious. I, I've been curious since three years ago when Sunset lost. 
is it the best Billy, Billy Wilder film? That's actually mm-hmm. what inspired this entire right. marathon. Let's get the big hitters. Let's put them together, and let's see if it really is the best. Right. Can because it be, I can love, it beat something like it hot? I love Sunset Boulevard. Can it Boulevard, beat the yeah, can it beat can it, You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. So um, this is a very personal episode for me. I really wanted to know mm-hmm. yeah. what's the best Billy Wilder film for me. And uh, I wanted to start Video Land out with his popular films first because um, the, the films that we chose um, aren't even as highest rated. Like you said, Kyle, at the, at the beginning of this episode, it's uh, Witness for the Pro- Prosecution is 100%. Foreign Affairs is 100%. The Lost Weekend's 100%. Five Graves Graves to Cairo is 100%, and the major and the minor is 100%. Mm-hmm. All right? We could do a whole other marathon right there. Yeah, with just Billy 100% Wilder, Billy which Wilder. Which I think in a year or two, what we need to do is go back and do a, um, a Billy Wilder Part 2, a Hitchcock Part 2, mm-hmm. a Kira Kurosawa Part yeah, 2. absolutely. I think that would be great, just a year of like been, sequel marathons. I've been waiting for that Akira Kurosawa <laughs> right? Part 2 mm-hmm. for, for a while. while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so many other movies, um, Billy Wilder movies, are around the 90%. You yeah. know, on Rotten Tomatoes. So uh, I didn't even bring up the fortune cookie, with which is Jack yeah. Lemmon and Walter Matthau, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, but I think this lineup is a great gateway to Billy Water and a mm-hmm. great gateway just to classic cinema. Yeah. So um, any comments on the lineup that I chose, guys? I, you know, even though none of these are 100%, I think they're the five right films. Yeah. yeah. And we get a good mix of movies. We get, you know, they're still, you know, acclaimed. They won awards. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I also want to point out, I mean, just we can tell just from this marathon right here that he kind of had his own acting troupe where a lot of the actors show up yeah. in the, a lot of his different films in his uh, filmography. It's, it's pretty interesting. More than I thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. I agree. Yeah. All right, guys, you ready to jump in the pool? I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, nice. Eh? Nice. Yeah. Like that was, uh, wasn't even planned. No, <laughs> All right, guys. Practice in the mirror all day. <laughs> Are you ready to jump in the pool? Are you ready to jump in the pool? Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, best film location. Kyle, start us off. I'm starting us off hot with The Apartment. Uh, and it's The Apartment. Uh, I'm going with this because it's a centralized location where your main story is happening, your setup story. Like Even when The Apartment's not on screen, it's a big subject well, sure. that everyone's talking about. Um, and it's, it's a simple place. Like it's, it's nice, but it's not like big. It's not extravagant. It's just like there. It's kind of just like a normal bachelor's pad. Like that you you could see, you know, hanging out in, but like not throwing crazy wild parties Mm -hmm. at, like you're just, you're just there. And that's what I like so much about it. And it's like, it's, you know, really close knit to, you know, the doctors next door. You got the, the nosy landlady who's always kind of like snooping around. Uh, it's it's a simple place, but it, it it's real. It breathes. And it's it's there and present even when it's not, which is mm-hmm. fucking cool. I think what you were saying, it, it's kind of nondescript. Like that's really the the advent. That's what that's why it's good. You know what I mean? That's why right. they want it because they're gonna these married men are gonna go fucking have affairs there. You know right. what I mean? They don't want something. You know, it it's can't just be this little out of the way that. place yeah. that like it's yeah it's not. It's not fucking great, but it's not a shithole either because they're going to take girls there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought it was a very homey place, like where, you, and you could really dig it to know the characters better because you can sympathize with them more because they seem like at home there. Like, whoever's in there, they yeah. seem like they're really home, just chilling, relaxing, and off. But I went with, for my best location, Norma Desmond's Mansion in Sunset Boulevard. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you start off with the size. It's opulent, it's uh, exotic. Just just what you would think to be a uh, Hollywood movie star's mansion. Um, but specifically, the reason why it gets my best location is just the dichotomy between how it's filled with all these this stuff, this furniture and furnishments, compared to how little life there is in it. I mean, you start off with like the dead chimp, but then just realizing that it's just Norma and Max in the mansion, 
They don't invite anyone over for parties or even like any sort of other get-togethers. So I feel I felt that it was just really representative of her lifestyle. She fills up her apartment with the stuff, but she doesn't care anything about having people there. Probably because she's like just alienated herself from them anyway. So that's why it's empty. It's lifeless, and it's just a great location for that reason. So that's why it gets my golden idol. I also went with Norma Desmond's mansion, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think. If you, when you hear Joe Gillis sort of talk about it in the narration, right? I mean, right when he, he first pulls up, he's like, it was a great big white elephant of a place, mm-hmm. the kind that crazy movie people built in the crazy 20s. Yeah. Uh, a neglected house has an unhappy look, and this one had it in spades. Um, you know, if you even if you just go by what's in it, right, you've got that, that beautiful staircase, uh, that bed, which is actually from... A lot of other films. It was in Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. It was in uh, Trifling Woman. Oh, it was in Twentieth Century. Um, you know, uh, the garage is filled with these like old foreign cars. Um, there's he. I think he mentions at one point there's a bowling alley in the basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sunken bathtubs in every sunken room. bathtubs yeah. in every every room. There's these you know old these aging um, silent movie stars are all, all over playing bridge and smoking and shit. Um, there's pet chimps. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's just it. it it's just kind of like um, you remember Xanadu from like Citizen Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's almost like what 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 happens after after Charles Kane dies? Exactly. You know what I mean? Or or I it, agree. it just becomes this lonely place full of never full of Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just full of stuff, yeah. and mm-hmm. and I think that it's populated with really interesting like like it's like that bed is from other films, and uh, all the pictures on the walls are pictures of of the actress of Gloria Swanson yeah. uh, when she was younger. Um, it's just it feels real and it feels like a place that a that a real aging Hollywood star would have would have lived, you know, and then trying to cling on to things. And you know she's fucking that monkey, right? <laughs> right? That's from well, I'll bring that story. That's up from later. Billy Wilder's <laughs> mouth. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so uh <laughs> <The> mansion. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going Sunset Boulevard. I'm going with Norma Desmond's mansion, or as Joe calls it, her grim sunset castle. Yeah, um, right. You can imagine it being a hub for Hollywood players at the peak of Norma's career. It had everything from a swimming pool to tile floors that Valentino used to dance mm. on, you know? Um, it was quite the spectacle, but to quote Joe, it's fallen on hard times. Right. Um, now it's just a neglected house with an unhappy look, just like you brought up, Nathan. Uh, the, the tennis court is described as a ghost. Um, no one has swam in the pool for a million midnights. Um, it's become a lonely memorial to Norma's lost glory days, a decayed and haunted relic with memories of the past in every picture frame. Um, the mansion is a character in this movie, a reflection of Norma Desmond, past and present, through glory and decay. I'm going Sunset Boulevard. I, I just want to say, like, I think the apartment is a great fucking pick, though. Like, I really do. Mm-hmm. Like, I like if if it were not that the mansion, to me, is, is almost a character in and of itself. I, I agree that the mm-hmm. apartment is a character in and of itself. Right. These are great mm-hmm. locations. Like... Mm-hmm. It's not. They're not wrong answers at all. Yeah. Man. If I had a runner-up, um, I like the apartment um, location, but uh, I also like Paramount Studios mm. in Sunset Boulevard. You yeah. know, you actually get to see Cecil B. DeMille filming mm-hmm. Samson, Samson and Delilah. Um, you actually get to see um, all the the back studio lots. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool, and I love. Stalag Seventeen. I think that he shot the shit out of those barracks, man. Yeah, yeah. especially I mean, for that a little boat. area. You get you yeah, get every angle, there. and uh, I love the opening shot of Stalag Seventeen, where you yeah. see the entire barracks. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that was great. So that takes us to our next, um, which is best character. Man, there's an insane amount of fucking great oh, yeah, characters yeah. through all these. 
Um, and the one that surprisingly stands out to me is Barton Keyes in Double Indemnity. Mm. Barton, 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 Barton Keyes is he is like yeah. so great in this movie, and it's it's the little things that Edward G. Robinson's doing in this, and it's he didn't want to take this role at all because he was like, you know, I play bad guys, I don't want to play mm-hmm. a good guy, like I don't, I can't do that, and that's why he kind of works because even though he is kind of the you know the hero of this movie. He's still kind of like a sleazy, like insurance yeah, guy. Sure. Well, that, that, I think that's what's, what's cool about it is that, like, I, I, we'll get to it when we review like best hero protagonist. But mm-hmm. like, there really are no heroes in these films. <laughs> right. I think like, the hero is actually kind of the bad guy mm-hmm. from the from Double Indemnity. You know, it's kind sure. of it's kind of strange in a sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's the antagonist, really, but he's really. He's a great character. Yeah, it's right. weird. Yeah, well, like how he talks about that little man. The little man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, like, he's something's like, not right here. This little yeah. man's never wrong. Yeah. Like he's like, I married my first wife, and I, that little man was talking to me when yeah. I married her, <laughs> and I should have known then. And, and one of my favorite scenes in any of these movies um, is when he's trying to convince Walter to take the lower paying yeah. job, mm-hmm. and he's like explaining this job that's like. He's like, oh, it's not as fun. You're gonna pay less, but like there is like this this adventure in it, and there's this journey, and you can like this character like fucking loves doing his job yeah. even though like it clearly like drives him mad all at the <laughs> same time you know yeah. um, and I love that like he is just persistent he's gonna he's gonna fucking figure out what's going yeah. on yeah. you mm-hmm. know and, and even as close as he is to it this whole time he can't quite grasp it because he is too close to it for once. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that's, I mean, that's why I love it so much. Right. He has a lot of layers to him, a lot of facets. He has a lot of great lines too. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my best character, I'm going with Norma Desmond in Sunset Boulevard. She represents a tragic lesson about clinging to one's past, allowing her delusion to victimize an innocent man, Joe. And she's so stubborn that she doesn't know when to let the past God die. She goes so far as to make herself look young, pretend that the world has not moved on from her. And because of that, she ends up mostly alone. I mean, she does have some of her friends, like you were talking about, playing poker. But she has to, like, invite a band over for New Year's. Hardly ever anyone shows up. It's just, like, her and... Uh, Joe, just because. Well, she didn't invite anybody. No, she just she's, wanted. She her just and wanted Joe. her and Joe, and actually, that's the tragedy. Like, she wants to cling to the past. She wants to have someone to be with her to love uh, forever, just because her life is so empty, and she's like so desperate for any sort of company that is. Yeah, and she really goes off the deep end at the end. Just the, in the even the, in the evolution between the beginning of the film, the end of the film, then she's mostly gone at the beginning of the film. That she really goes gone at the end of it, and. It just is such a fascinating character, um, multi-layered um, with her delusions. With, I mean, there's like a genuinely interesting, sympathetic person there as well. So she just mm. allows her mania to take over. So, but she has to. That's why she has to get best character for me. Yeah, I promise I'll get off of Sunset's dick yeah. at some point. But like <laughs> yeah. these early categories are like mm. it's Norma Desmond, right? Yeah. I mean, like she's this forgotten giant of the silent era. She's become this reclusive eccentric. She's got chimps as companions. Her ex-husband is a butler. She's suicidal and manipulative and manic, and yet somehow still like charming yeah. and like sympathetic uh-huh. and bright and yeah. sophisticated and like. You know, when I think about the characters from these films, you're like, we can talk about villains and heroes and supporting and whatever. Like, like you know, I'll be like, oh, I really liked uh, Jack Lemmon's character in The Apartment. Or I really so liked... So good. You know, yeah, yeah but, but I find myself saying, like, oh, Jack Lemmon's character. But I'm not saying, like... When I when I think about characters, I remember yeah. Norma Desmond. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. I'm not going to forget who that is. I'm never going to forget who she is or what she's about. Um you know, I don't, have to, I don't have to look, I don't have to remind myself on the wiki, you know what I mean? Like, oh, what was her name again? You know, that kind of thing. Like, exactly. she's just a fucking haunting, powerful character that's 
amazing. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know if I'm going to get off of Sunset's dick anytime <laughs> soon, but I'm going with yesterday's glamour queen, forgotten star, aging actress, and slayer. Yeah. Norma oh, yeah. Desmond from Sunset Boulevard. Um, she's about as complex character as you can get. Uh, when we first meet her, she has one foot in the past, one foot in the present. Uh, she's holding a funeral for her pet monkey, and then she's talking about her new comeback script that the great Cecil B. DeMille yeah. you know, is going to direct. She's uh, completely obsessed with the spotlight. She's obsessed with herself. Uh, she's completely disconnected from reality. She's been chewed up and spit out by the studio system. And her descent into madness is a wreck that you cannot take mm. your eyes off of. Um, I'm going with Sunset Boulevard, Norma Desmond. That t- and also, maybe my favorite female character of all time, guys. Mm. I think she's really? that fucking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, off the top of my head, I haven't thought about it too much, but yeah, she's she's high up there, if not, you know, my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a while, though, guys, I was struggling with this. Um, Barton Keyes was in a runner-up, okay? I love that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Jack Lemmon um, as Baxter in The Apartment yeah. is such a great character. He was up just, there for me as it's well. This guy just trying he's to real. climb the yeah. corporate ladder, and just he's just a good man in a, in a cynical time, and he's just doing what he needs to do, mm-hmm. you know? But he, he eventually just stands up for himself, you know? I just, yeah. I don't know. I really, eventually. Eventually. Yeah. It takes him a while, you know? Mm-hmm. But he's, uh, yeah, yeah I, I really liked his character a lot. So that takes us to best duo, guys. Um, I'm going to go with Some Like It Hot mm. uh, with Joe and Jerry or Josephine and Daphne, however you want to <laughs> dice them up. Mm. Um, I, these two just fucking have a comedic <laughs> timing together yeah, that is so fucking just just delightful. Mm. Like, they, they bicker all the time. They're clearly, like, good friends and would do anything for each other, but they also, like... They just can't fucking get on the same page for a lot yeah. of it. Like they're just like always like one step ahead of uh, somebody else or right behind the other one, and it's just back and forth. Uh, they just they do such great work as you know being the guys, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get gigs, all the way to being the women, like trying to just run away from the mob. Like, it's, <laughs> it's 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 so, it's just hard to explain why they're so great, yeah. but like. It was, it's the straight it's the straight man and the and the funny guy. Yeah, right? yeah right? you know, yeah. and they pull it off so well. They do it like uh, you know, like we talk about, you know, Jack Lemmon's, you know, his character is so great in the apartment. He's his character's fucking great in something like a hot too. Yeah. He's like really a progressive character. Too, I really do like, wish that I could talk yeah. more about Jack Lemmon in this. Like this, I really appreciate for the first time in my life Jack Lemmon. Jack because Lemon's I only so know Jack yeah. Lemmon from like grumpy old fucking men. grumpy yeah. old men and shit because I'm 34. Yeah, yeah. You know, like um, such a great actor, man. Yeah, you go back and watch these, and it's like, man, this motherfucker. Even Shirley MacLaine, even. Yeah. I, I was oh like, my god. God uh, damn. Like I, I get it now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I finally. Get I'm a, a, I think I'm literally in love with a young Shirley MacLaine. Oh my god. We've, yes, we've been talking yeah. about this at work we, like, all week. When, after I watched it, I was like, I was like, I know we shouldn't be talking about this, but like, I, I want, fucking, I fucking love Shirley. MacLaine. Yeah, yeah. Like she's like my manic pixie dream girl from yeah. the yeah. <laughs> No, she's so hot. Like, she's so sweet. She's so innocent. I just, I'm so in love with young Shirley MacLaine now. And that, that was a gap. In my filmography, Absolutely. I never yeah. understood it because, like we said, like we've only known her as like a ninety-year-old woman for the last yeah. thirty yeah, years. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, she's fucking crazy. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> Jack Lemmon, Shirley MacLaine, and um, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, um, we're all gaps, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I get it. Yeah, like, everybody's yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Fred yeah. McMurray wasn't just the dad on my three dads. Apparently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to me, he wasn't just the guy who you know was the shaggy, shaggy the dog. Shaggy dog. Yeah. Right. He was yeah. Disney. Well, I think you know Fred mm-hmm. McMurray. This is the only two movies in this marathon that he actually played an asshole. Like mm-hmm. he got a right. bunch of hate mail. It's like go back to playing. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, go be my yeah. <laughs> yeah, be my my good next door neighbor. You know, because after this, he signed a big contract with Disney. Yeah, you know, yeah. to get away from that life. But where are you going, Matt? I'm going with the best John screen duo. I am going with C.C. Baxter and Fran Kublik in the apartment. Speaking mm-hmm. of Jack Lemon, 
I think they bring out the best in each other. They're more fun to be around. They're more honest with themselves and each other. They inspire each other to shed their old selves and embrace who they really want to be. And in turn, because they realize they're so happy together and they, they're who they really are together, they realize they belong together. Mm-hmm. Also, the characters and the actors have great chemistry and make a compelling couple. And I just really love the their love story from beginning to end. It evolves organically. It doesn't seem forced. It comes through conversation and really getting to know each other. As opposed to like some romantic comedies where it's like meet cute and they fall in love right away. Mm-hmm. It re- they really take their time to develop and it just works really well. So that's why I had to get my best on screen duo. It, it's real. It's like wrong place, wrong time for both of them for the yeah. longest time. Right. Like uh-huh. it's just it's just back and forth until they can finally fucking meet on the same level. Like, I absolutely love them. I, mm-hmm. I they don't they don't have my best duo, but they were so close, man. It for me it has to be Joe and Jerry, mm-hmm. or jo- Josephine mm-hmm. and fucking Daphne. Like mm-hmm. like. They fucking slay me like all throughout this whole movie, man. Like I was laughing, like like belly laughing, fucking out loud. And a lot of it is just like just the simple shitty like playing off each other, like Jack Lemon like giving him the fucking shitty fuck, like you motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like little stares and like they have so much great like physicality to the two yeah. of them, or they're, they're the looks they give each other and they they play off each other so well. You man. know, from my lim- so fucking funny. from my limited view of uh, screwball comedies, you know, like these guys might be the best ever at the uh, the straight man and the it, funny it, guy. Yeah. You know, I, I love them. And I tell you what, this marathon has spurred so many ideas for future marathons. Like I want to <laughs> do a screwball comedy marathon. Yeah, yeah. I want to do a film noir marathon. So and I want to do a like a POW versus. You know, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got all kinds of shit just from this one here. <laughs> But uh, is that all you had to say about that? No, I'm just so impressed. See, it's a great man. pick. It's, a it's great so pick. funny. They're so funny, man. Like, so I didn't go there, guys. I messaged you guys earlier this week, and I asked you um, if you would honor best trio. I said, see, that's why I thought you would be going. Well, that's why I thought, you, would, I thought it would you be... wanted to throw in Sugar Cane. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I felt for sure. That's not... So we decided to keep it best duo. I would have went with Sugar, Josephine, oh, okay. and Daphne. I would have, okay? okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you guys took Sugar out of the equation, okay? So um, <laughs> I almost almost went Joe and Joe slash Josephine and Jerry slash Daphne. Almost. Um, but when you guys, you know, canceled my trio, I had to rethink it, and I was like, you know what? I couldn't get Baxter and Fran out of my oh, head, yeah. so I'm going to the apartment. And to quote Baxter, you know, I used to live like Robinson Crusoe. I mean, <laughs> shipwrecked among 8 million people, and then one day I saw a footprint in the sand, and there you were. Um, Baxter and Fran is such a beautiful duo, uh, just two broken people used up by users like Sheldrake and yeah. his corporate mm-hmm. lackeys. You know, two beautiful souls that are just navigating a Billy Wilder cynical world, you know, and they're both depressed and, and lonely looking to fill uh, voids, whether that's through their career or through relationships. And together, I think they fix each other. Um, it's left open-ended. Um, I think that the healing process has definitely started by the end of this movie. Um, they give each other some purpose. Um, I would love to check in on these characters and see if they made it, um, if they fixed mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. You know, I think they did. Mm-hmm. Okay? I think they're living happily ever after. I mean, um, yeah, but I think that, yeah, I think the, the neat thing about the apartment, though, is that it's not really that they fall in love. I think it's, it's really that they stand up for themselves. You know, I mean, they, right. they stand up to Sheldrake. You know, mm-hmm. and they yeah. have self-respect. Even, even if they just come out as great friends. Yeah, yeah. even and they, if they're not they, like lovers. And they help each I other think, and they fix each they, other. Yeah. They did something. They did right, something, yeah. you know. And uh, I, I think it's just a, a beautiful um, duo, so that's where yeah, I was. because neither of them could have done it alone. She was going to yeah. kill herself without yeah. and he, right. She wouldn't have lived without him. Right. Like, he had no purpose to, like, step away from his shitty fucking job without having to, you know, look to her for that reason. So, right. Yeah. yeah. And two runner-ups, guys. Uh, Norman Joe, obviously, from yeah. um, mm-hmm. Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Amazing. 
Um, but I like the uh, the funny, serious, uh, or the uh, the POW barracks clowns uh, yes. from Stalag 17. Did you like them? Oh, he no. fucking hated them. I Did you really? Animal, Animal and Harry? I hate I them. liked Animal and Harry a lot. I, I enjoy them. I like Sefton and Cookie. I think they're, they're yeah, yeah, Sefton and Cookie were fine. That's very much, you know, I, I, like a radar sort of thing. I, I was, and, I, and I, we'll get to it later, I guess, but like, Stal- I think if Stalag 17 didn't have Animal, I would... 90% better immediately. Really? Immediately. I fucking hate every scene he's in, and he's in every fucking scene. You know what? Though? It I think, kills I, it for I me. Think, I think Animal, you're, like, you're going to have some clowns like that, and that's the only way they know how to get by. It's I like get that, it, but he's like too like dumb to be alive. Like He's just <laughs> stupid. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like the Roger Rabbit quote where a laugh is a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think, yeah, but like, I think that's the only way I, that he can cope. I think right. that's the only way that he can get through being in a POW camp for... Five five years, you know, is to let laughter or you know have have a little bit of comedy. I don't know. I, I liked him. I don't know when when they say like, oh, you're gonna go blind, and he has that fucking hat over his eyes, and he's like, oh, Harry, you know, <laughs> I'm fucking blind, man. Like, that I was nominated for a best supporting actor. I know was that he? was that was, <laughs> almost, that was awesome. yes, that was almost my what the fuck was basically <laughs> like this motherfucker was nominated for an Academy Award for this shit. <laughs> It was the fifties. <laughs> they got nothing else going on in the fifties. Who's dick did he suck? <laughs> all right, where are we going for best villain slash antagonist? Uh, for me, it's Phyllis Dietrichson from Double Indemnity. Um, oh, she's great. I'm, I'm going like she has people killed, but doesn't do it herself. She manipulates other people <laughs> to make it fucking happen, and that is like the antithesis of evil. You know, like she's like, oh, I want that guy dead. But I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna convince you to do it, so you have to live with all the fucking pain that goes. Behind it's funny you. because it's super not like it. It's super not obvious that she's manipulating him too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like because you see it all from his perspective, right? And, you know, and he and he's like, you know, he, in his mind, he's kind of the mastermind of this. And here's how we're gonna do it. And you, you know, you're gonna meet me here. We're gonna do this. But like. As you get into it, you're like, she's playing the shit oh, out of him. Like that phone call yeah, she yeah. makes, and she's like, "Hey, he's gonna take the train, so we, yeah, can, yeah, he, yeah. He'll, he, you know, he can die like you wanted him to." Yeah, Saying yeah, words yeah, yeah, like exactly. that, like, like the way mm-hmm. you wanted him to, right, with true. your plan, like, right. making it set even further into Walter that, like, yeah, this was all your doing. So anything that happens, you have to live with all the repercussions. Yeah, of it. like mm-hmm. she's fucking just evil. Like kills. Her husband's like first wife, oh, just so she can oh, yeah, like yeah. get insurance money down the road because that's mm-hmm. how she's fucking playing it. Like, mm-hmm. fucking just brilliant. Evil. She she's a bitch. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> she's a bitch. She's a real <laughs> bitch. What she a real dirty real... bitch that she, shit is. She a real bitch. <laughs> she's a real bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for our best villain antagonist, I still had to go with Norma Desmond in Sunset Boulevard. I felt there are no depths to which she wouldn't sink in order to keep her man by her side. She starts off simple by allowing finance men to tow away Joe's car, but then she threatens to kill herself if he leaves, and then she threatens the young woman, Betty, whom he fancies. Norma's generosity is seductive, but she goes too far by clinging to her delusion of still being a movie star. I don't really think she's evil, per se, but her jealousy and possessiveness make her vicious. And finally, too much for Joe to tolerate. But also, when he threatens to leave, she's so deep into love with him. She's, or at least she's deluded to think that she's in love with him that she has to kill him so he won't escape. So I had to go with her for best villain antagonist, just for how she far she takes it. Yeah, I don't know if she's evil either. She's so she's complex. I think she's just, I think yeah. she's just crazy. She's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's very complex. I love, I love, you know, just 
and you can just see it on her face, like she's just wound so fucking tight. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can just like it's like her jaw is just like like she's gonna fucking snap. I I yeah. just I, I love her, man. Mm-hmm. She's not my favorite villain. It's it's hard. I don't. Yeah, yes, she's yes, she's a villain for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I didn't I didn't go there, man. I went with um. I I think as far as pieces of shit go. He's a dick of a human <laughs> Je- being. Jeff Sheldrake from yep. fucking The Apartment. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fucking, like, I fucking hate that guy. He's a it, dick. He's a dick. <laughs> he's a real I dick. mean, like, you know. God, when he gives when he gives $100 to her, oh, it says, uh, yeah. go buy yourself something yeah. for Christmas. Be the look on her face oh. is so fucking, oh mm. my God, dude. Like, that you're almost took already in love with her. Yeah. You're in love with her and you're like, oh, I would never treat you like that, Shirley. Right. And then, uh, if, if if I remember right, oh. didn't he say like um, Baxter? He he's like, there's an envelope here, and there's something in the envelope. And he's like, he didn't even care what was in the envelope if it was a if it was a letter or a note. Mm-hmm. It ended up being a hundred dollars that she's gonna give back to yeah. him. But I'm like, he didn't even care about that. It's like, oh, my worker's calling me on Christmas, right? You know, yeah. you know they calling me here. Li- you know, he's lying to lying to his wife, lying to his m- many mistresses, right? Yeah. Um, just stringing stringing her along. Um, fucking with Baxter's career, you know what I mean? Oh, like, just, it just it's everything he does is a fucking power trip. And what was like, that one quote where he's like, you know, it took you years to get up here, but it's right. not gonna take you yeah. a couple minutes to get kicked out. Yeah. You dig? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you do. I mean, you he's, dig? Yeah, he's. I think. I think what I find so despicable about him is that he's the most real of all the villains. You know what I mean? Like, I can just, I you meet fucking people like this all the time. You know what I mean? And it, it's just fucking despicable. And like, and they, they do the thing in the beginning because like he is known for being this like nice guy, you know, all the time, mm-hmm. like in everything they had done before this. Yeah. And so like he didn't want to take this role because he was like, yeah, like he'd done double indemnity before he'd done this, but like he's like wanted to break away from it still even at this point. So, he's, but the, people still saw him as the nice guy. And like he even starts this movie kind of as like, okay, well he's like a yeah. nice kind of boss guy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It. He's yeah. just like he doesn't know who Baxter is, but then. It just slowly starts to unravel. Like, oh, he totally knows who he is. And it's that moment when, like, she's like, I got to meet somebody, you know, and yeah. then I'll meet you for the date. And it's, like, just sitting behind him and it swings around. And right, right. He's the guy. His, like, cruelty oh, is so, like, casual. He's not, like, uh, over over the top like some other villains. And I think that's probably why he didn't get best villain for me just because he's, 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 like, so low-key about it. I mean, he's right. nothing to him. He doesn't think he's doing anything wrong. He's like, thinks he's doing these women a favor by... Than being with him, yeah. you know? even so even when yeah. when his wife finds out about it and divorces him, yeah. she's like, you know, he's like, I, you know, he's very cool about it. You know, yeah. he's like, he's like, well, you know, she kicked me out, and so anyway, I'm gonna need that key. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, it's just it, he doesn't give a fuck about anybody Nobody. in his life, and like just him and his his reputation. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, guys, I'm going with more of an antagonist than villain. Um, I'm going with Sunset Boulevard. I'm going with Norma Desmond. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a villain, um, like you said, Nate, but. Uh, I, I, she's she's very complex. Um, I think Norma is one of the best female antagonists of all time. Uh, she's this delusional monster just created by the studio system. Uh, she's controlling. Uh, she seduces with money and with gifts. Um, she's psychotic, manipulative, um, completely, completely unhinged. And you never know what she's capable of or how far she will go to get what she wants until eventually, of course, she kills Joe Gillis and gives him the pool that he always wanted. Um, so I'm going Norma Desmond. Fantastic. Um, that takes us to best hero, best hero slash protagonist. Protagonist. Uh, for me, I'm going with C.C. Baxter in the apartment. Uh, one of these people who like, you know, he's not doing anything that's like saving people's lives. I mean, he I, does. Guess, I guess he technically <laughs> he does. does. He does. So. He does save Fran's life, yeah. but um, like it, it's it's more of like that self heroic journey where he has to like 
fight his own, you know, battles and become his own man. Yeah. And, and that moment when he's like, that is a hero. That's a personal that, hero. That it know? is. And he's like, he's like, he hands him that key, and he's like. He thinks it's the apartment, the key to the apartment. He's like, "What? This doesn't like oh, go yeah, to your apartment." Yeah. He's like, "No, it's for the executive washroom." And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, "Why are you giving me this?" He's like, "Well, I'm all washed up here, right?" Mm-hmm. And he just just leaves. And he's like, yeah. "Yeah, I don't need this anymore. Like, I I I've lowered myself way beyond where I ever needed to go just to put myself up a little bit professionally." One of the toughest things to ever do, man. It is, is, is to like really stand up for yourself, like and mm-hmm. and know when you've fucked up enough to have to change yourself. Yeah. Like that's that's pretty fucking heroic in in this sense and he stands up for for someone that he could have just you know let just walk out of his life and and kept doing the thing he was doing but uh it it mattered more to him in the end to to do right by her than to you know line his pockets i also have to go with cc baxter in the apartment for best hero or protagonist he starts out as a compliant, agreeable lackey for his co-workers, lending out his apartment key and all that. But his love for Frank Kubilik gives him something to truly care about, which gives him the courage to stand up to Sheldrake. Even if he doesn't know where he's going, he knows where he doesn't want to be. If Baxter can develop a real relationship with someone, then he doesn't need to get ahead by cultivating fake relationships based on doling out favors. Not to mention, as you mentioned, Kyle, he saves Fran's life by finding her an unconscious, like an unconscious body and calling on um, Dr. Dreyfus. And I also want to point out that, like, how he evolves through the movies. I mean, those superficial relationships is what he starts out with, but then he eventually forms a relationship with not only Frank Kubelik, but with Dr. Dreyfus, with Mrs. Dreyfus. And so he really develops his own kind of family outside of work, and that's when, that's when we realize, hey, I don't need work anymore. I don't need to put mm-hmm. up with this bullshit. Mm-hmm. I can just move on, and I'll still be okay. So... Yeah. It's great, and that's why he gets my golden idol. Nice. If I were going to pick any of the main characters, it would be C.C. Baxter. Yeah. I, so I was running it down. I made, like, a list. I was like, okay. So, like, Walter Neff is a fucking... He's a, he's a murderer and a conspirator. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's a fucking liar. Joe Gillis is a fucking gigolo. J.J. Uh, Sefton makes deals with Nazis. Uh, takes bets on whether two young kids are going to get shot to death by Nazis. <laughs> but I think that's just, that's uh, just survival. No, I get it. Yeah. I'm not going here. But I'm just, I'm just laying the facts. Yeah, right. okay. yeah. so like, uh, Joe and Jerry are on the run from mobsters, people they owe money to. They're both lying. They're both lying to try and fuck Sugar <laughs> yeah. Cane. Like, uh, Wouldn't you? <laughs> I'm not I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> CC Baxter lets married men have affairs in his home in exchange for a promotion at work. Like, uh-huh. these are all kind of dickheads. Yeah. Like, um... So, you know, in the end, I went with Barton Keyes, man. Barton Keyes is the only, like, straight hero. Yeah, that's a good pick. Hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, it, to the, in, the, in the sense that, like, the, the main character of that film, right, Walter Neff, is really, his whole plan is trying to foil the hero. You know what I mean? It's like, well, as long as we can get shit past Keyes, yeah. we're solid. We yeah. got this, you know? Um, yeah, I think Keyes was a great character. I If it weren't for fucking Norma Desmond, I'd give it him one of my best characters, you uh-huh. know? But, uh as far as heroes go, I'd say Barton Keys. Yeah, that's a good pick. That was a runner-up for me. Um, Sefton is also a runner-up for me. Like, that guy's just trying to survive. That's all he's trying oh, to do. Oh, yeah. I, and yeah. I really did like his character. Like, he's he's kind of a dick about it. Like, he's betting on the lives. I like of the character. His fellows. Yeah, yeah, I really do like Willem Holden. Um, mm-hmm. He's so good. And, and Sunset and in Stylex 17. Yeah. Um, but I'm going more protagonist than traditional hero. Um, I'm going with the apartment CC Buddy Boy Baxter. <laughs> um, to quote Fran... Some people take and some people get took. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Baxter is the kind of guy that's always getting took. Um, he's a good man, but people continually take advantage of him. Um, he's trying to climb the corporate ladder. And he's he's hardworking and dependable, but that just doesn't cut it. 
you know, he's the kind of guy that'll put the overtime in. He'll stay hours later. He'll do the job that nobody wants to do um, in order to climb that ladder. Um, but uh, to be fair, he's only staying there because his fucking coworkers are fucking people in his. Home yeah, that's what I'm saying though. But home. in order to <laughs> yeah, but in order to climb that ladder. Um, yeah, he yeah. has to allow the suits to use his apartment for sure. the sex roms, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the only way that he's ever going to make because there's so many people that want right. that job next to Sheldrake, and, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah, he has to go through seniority and everything, so he's just trying to get to the top a little bit faster. But uh, um, what makes him my my hero or my, my favorite protagonist is that he eventually stands up to the man. You know, he quits yep. his job, he takes his apartment back and gains his self-respect, which is so hard to do just to evolve. And uh, in doing so, hopefully gets the grill. Um, he's his own hero, and I love seeing a man that just stands up and just does the right thing. He's a protagonist that you want to root for. I'm going to the apartment. Wow. And uh, that takes us to, so guys, uh, number six, the sixth category here would be um, best kill. Right. Okay, let's just talk about that real quick. Okay, we uh, we changed it to... Um, like two deaths yeah. in any of these movies. Yeah, so. so we changed it to best final payoff, which will be later on down the road tonight, okay? But there was a great kill. Yeah. And that There's was, but lots of great. Kills. Yeah, well, there are a lot of kills, I and mean, the only movie without a kill is uh, <laughs> by the apartment. I think it's the it. apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? There are kills in yeah. other. I mean, some like hot people die. Yeah, they, so, yeah. yeah, but all films have to be eligible, you mm -hmm. know. But I right. love that fucking birthday cake kill. Oh, it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like that was cool, dude. I really dug that. And then Joe Killis gets shot in the back. And there's some really good yeah. kills, yeah. but uh, yeah. so we'll skip over that for now. We'll do final payoff right before best director. Um, so that takes us to what the fuck? What the fuck? Um. Man, these don't these don't have a whole lot of what the fucks to me, really. I don't have a lot. Yeah, I have a lot. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to go through them. We might have to go through them at least around. Yeah. I mean, uh, just a couple of runner ups, I guess. It's just like just just in general, like the subject matter for a lot of these movies is like really risque for the time. Even mm -hmm. today, like some of them, I'm like, shit, that's yeah. pretty fucked up. <laughs> like that's crazy. Uh, Tony Curtis is an incredibly ugly woman. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Lemmon, not so bad as a woman. Not so bad. <laughs> I ain't got a little look to him. Uh, Stalag 17, just like, I wasn't ready for the back and forth tonal shifts that like happened so yeah. fast early in the movie where it's like, I was expecting to be like a straight, like, you know, war movie and it's like, oh, slapstick comedy and then like right back to seriousness and then back to slapstick comedy. I'm like, ugh, this is bouncing around a little too much yeah. for me, especially early on. And then just, like, burying a monkey in Sunset Boulevard yeah. is still fucking weird and funny to me. Like, I get it, but it's just, the, like, that tiny coffin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's fucking funny. Is that, like, they were, when they were shooting that, they were asking Billy, they were saying, like, you know, uh, how do you want us to shoot the monkey scene? And he was like, you know, just the standard monkey burial shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, just yeah, the standard monkey burial scene. Like, <laughs> happens all the time. Um... So how many do you want? Uh, just one or two. Or how many do you want, bro? Okay, yeah. I'll still go to one or two, but then we... Can I go through all of mine, though? <laughs> I have a lot. <laughs> I have like seven. a shit ton of them. I do, okay. So wow, let's... Jesus. All right, so double indemnity. I just... Just real quick, I just noticed Walter actually managed to kill both of the Dietrichsen, making Lola an orphan. I mean, yeah, Lola <laughs> doesn't care that... Um, her stepmom's dead because she like hated her guts, but like her father's dead now and she's basically like, all on her own. So I just thought it was kind of weird. But uh, <laughs> the apartment, uh, the first what the fuck I had was um, why doesn't Baxter charge his coworkers enough money so they can mm. loan the apartment to them and live in another apartment? Yeah, that movie's shit now. Yeah. No, I did think about that. The whole, it was like, Someone okay. even brings that up. Like, so you think, well, you, you're charging them though, right? But no, he's not. It's like, uh, there's probably because there's some sort of corporate ethics involved, but yeah. still. He's just, trying, he's just trying also, to... Also, at the same way, like, they're not going to look at him as favorably if they also have to pay him. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. So he's like trying to get up as fast as possible. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, also, yeah, but Baxter going through Fran's file and learning everything about her. Yeah, that's, that's a, little creepy. That's yeah. a bit that, creepy. Okay, that, that was, was one of, you just hit on one of mine. So. Yes. Um, Dr. Dreyfus slapping Fran to get her to wake up. He strikes her a bit too hard for my liking, so it's kind of fucked up. Just because he was really getting it. I, was, I know it was clinical, but he was like, whap, whap, whap. Uh, you know, hey, real quick, back to the apartment, because it yeah. kind of hits on one of my runner-ups. Uh, okay. I can't get Baxter out of my head just going back to his apartment and cleaning up, like, you know, cum yeah. towels. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> sex man. toys and yeah. fucking dildos everywhere. I drank all my whiskey and came on my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly what I'm thinking. You know, he's been, a, he's been a fucking work all night. Yeah. Like, he's out in the fucking the, rain. He's got to come out and yeah. fucking throw his cummy shit in the fucking yeah. water. <laughs> that has to suck, dude. <laughs> And actually have uh, some uh, from someone like, uh, I think we mentioned earlier, for a screwball comedy, they sure end up being a lot of dead bodies in that movie, like courtesy of two gangland massacres. <laughs> and uh, here's a behind the scenes one from the Some Like It Hot. So like going into this, I knew I wanted to get into like Tony Curtis's attitude towards Marilyn Monroe. So I looked that up and what it was was not what Tony Curtis claimed that kissing Marilyn Monroe was like kissing Hitler. So that was the thing, which is kind of nuts. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, in what way? <laughs> I guess just because it was like felt really bad. It was like he didn't like it all. But turns out maybe he did because in the 2009 when I and Wemore get this, he claimed that he and Marilyn Monroe had an onset affair and she got pregnant. Though she later suffered a, mar- a miscarriage, and uh, both of them were married at the time, like uh, Tony Curtis to Janet Lee and Marilyn Monroe to Arthur Miller. So mm. that just blew my mind. Cause that was such a, like a last minute thing trying to. Think of well, what kind of uh, behind the scenes stuff I can find? When did, like when did he say this? Uh, 2009 memoir. 2009. Yeah, he's 2009. just trying to get that paycheck before he probably, dies. Probably, probably. But still, <laughs> everybody kind of else is up. dead. No one can deny. You know, yeah. right. no one can fight it. Yeah, but that's all my runner ups. I fucked her right in the ass. Yeah, <laughs> she loved it. And she got pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know how it works. Yeah. It's in the details. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right. That all your. That's all my runner ups. Right. Um. So like, I'll do runner ups. You actually hit on my on my actual one, which okay. was um, Doctor Drivers just slapping the shit yeah. out of Fran. Yeah. Like, I know. like forever, yeah, dude. Huh? She, she starts waking up, and then he's like, "Bitch." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that- no, you ain't. No, you're not. <laughs> yes. uh, what's my fucking name? <laughs> um. No, but so it's sort of some uh, some runners up, right? Um. It drives me nuts in Sunset Boulevard, like how how big fucking Joe Gillis's suit is. Like all throughout the beginning, he gets he gets it tailored at one point. Like she takes him to get it tailored, and I don't know if that's like if he's intentionally wearing a really big suit and she's, you know what I'm saying? Like if she's trying to fix that because he looks like shit. Uh-huh. But that suit is fucking massive. Uh-huh. It's like if you ever watched the old. Uh, the like Daily Show shit when John Stewart just takes over and he's wearing these yeah. it's it's like Kilborn's old suits <laughs> you know what I mean like it's fucking gigantic on him like that's what it looks like he's just so baggy and like it drives me fucking crazy um, I don't know you use so many of my runners oh, right, that's fine Brad go ahead yeah, I don't have that many uh, you hit on a couple of them you know yourself so um Style like seventeen. Um, the news guy's voice. Why do all news guys' voices? <laughs> yeah. Come on, get your news! I got the news right here, boys. I'm like, Jesus! Everybody have to fucking sound like that. Yeah, yeah. I understand why they chose him as the messenger. Yeah, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I got letters. I got letters. I got letters. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Um, uh, Sunset Boulevard. Um, this is my last one. But uh, Sunset Boulevard. How did the guys find Joe Gillis's car? 
Did I miss I know. Something? Yeah, I don't I, understand. You know, that. the first time Did I didn't think about that. they walk around every single garage? Because he, he left his apartment and went to the nice side of town. So they're looking in fucking mansion garages to find his fucking I, I car. Actually, the first time I watched that, I didn't I didn't make that connection. But last night, I was, yeah. sitting, I was laying in bed and I was like, hold up a fucking yeah, second. Yes. <laughs> I didn't catch up the first time either. Yeah, I, I was like, that don't make sense. Was it? he going out in his car like during the day no, and doing shit? Because so. no, otherwise, otherwise they're going parked. door to door. I think he kept it parked. Yeah, but I, I yeah, think he did too. Going door to door looking at everyone's garage. Even superstars. Those guys mansions. deserve a fucking promotion. <laughs> no shit, man. They're putting in the work. Um, the so that's my work. last um, runner up. So let's kick it over to you for your number one. Uh, mine is from Double Indemnity and it's a real quick thing. And it's when Walter Neff drives up to this, like, Sonic-like place and just gets a beer. Orders a fucking beer that they bring to his window and he fucking drinks it and then drives home. Like, good God, 1950s. 44. 44? Get your shit together. For fuck's sake. Get your shit drive together. Drive through beers? What the fuck is that? <laughs> Well, my number one, what the fuck, we brought it up earlier, but it had to be the funeral for the chimp. It's morbid, creepy, and raises so many unsavory questions. I mean, yes, maybe Especially this... she's fucking that Yeah, monkey. she's probably fucking chimp. You think? <laughs> I love that monkey probably. scene, though. I fucking no, love I think it. No, I think it's great. Well, it yeah. adds nothing to the filming, just except for the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah atmosphere, know? it takes chances, man. Yeah. It's just something quirky, and you're like, okay, there's... Some crazy There's shit some going shit on. Shit going on here. Yeah. Yeah. It took fifty years to pay off for Michael Jackson to get a monkey, mm-hmm. and then yeah. it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, now that makes yeah. sense. Like crazy people have monkeys. Crazy people have monkeys. <laughs> you know, yeah. this like Sunset Boulevard just reminds me of a, a fuck like the best Twilight Zone movie never made. Yeah. You know, like there's so much crazy shit going on, yeah. man, and just Joe Gillis walking into this house, yeah. and you got a dead monkey and this fucking crazy woman. I just I love everything about. I, it. I do I do love just that scene where where he where he you know he he's on the fucking run. He he parks in here. He's he assumes that nobody fucking lives in this place. <laughs> this this like uh, this car has been here for fucking years. You know, and he gets invited in by this weird fucking butler. Yeah, and then he has to go. He gets like summoned upstairs, and there's like a dead monkey in a coffin, I, and it's, I like, love he's it. like. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you want from me, bitch. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, she's like treating him as, as a person. That's, that's why I figure there's got to be more than just a sort of platonic relationship because just the way she seems to love this monkey so much. So, well, I'm yeah. glad you said that, Brad. <laughs> okay, so uh, there's a story <laughs> that Billy Wilder and former First Lady Nancy Reagan were at a party, <laughs> and a woman approached Wilder with a question about what the chimp scene meant in Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> And in front of Nancy Reagan, he said, Don't you understand? Before Joe Gillis came along, Norma Desmond was fucking the monkey. <laughs> and I was like, that's something I would say to somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I love what he says there. It's like the conversation and the expression on Nancy Reagan's face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Must have been priceless. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm just picturing this conversation. He's like, "Well, she's fucking the monkey." Well, he's fucking the monkey. He's fucking the monkey. Yeah. Obviously, obviously. Yeah, yeah don't you get it? One, one of two reactions from Nancy Reagan. She's either like horrified and is like, "Oh Jesus," or she's like, "Oh, that's very artistic." Right. Yeah, yeah. Ronald, can we get a monkey? <laughs> I'm glad that you didn't fuck Bonzo. Yeah, I was gonna say he already had a monkey uh, at time for Bonzo. Well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, Ronald fucks a monkey, so yeah. okay. Yeah. Makes sense, yeah. All right, guys, so that's, does that everybody's what the fuck? Yeah, I know yeah, we got the lot of sync there. Okay. Drive through beer. <laughs> Drive through beer, that's awesome. So that takes us to best score or soundtrack. Um, there's some really good ones here, and mm-hmm. I was I was really close to giving it to some like it hot, but uh, because there's there's great just big band music and Marilyn Monroe singing, you know, It Had to Be You is yeah, fucking just good. wonderful. Um, 
But I'm going with Stalag 17. Oh, nice. mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's very limited musically. But what is there is, you know, songs being sung by the prisoners. They're singing, you know, Christmas songs. And they're the singing Auld Lang Syne and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's it's those, like, camaraderie moments. It's those moments they get to have together where they're, right. like, feeling closer. And they get to have a little bit of reality and, and normalcy back in their life. Instead of just, you know, being in this almost concentration type camp. Uh, and it, it's it's very simple. It's nothing, like, mind-blowing. But it's it's... It's those scenes are, are great when they're just singing and having a good time. Yeah, it did, it did set the mood really well for that film, but I went with Adolf Deutsch for Some Like It Hot. The score is heavily influenced by jazz and show tunes, as befits the film's plot. The romantic interludes for Joe and Sugar also, I thought, were very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I liked really like the on-set music, such as in the train car, the little rehearsing that they're doing there, and in the hotel in Florida. That also keeps the mood light, which is perfect for a screwball comedy. But as a bonus, as you mentioned, we get two strong Marilyn Monroe songs. I Want to Be Loved to You by You, like sort of in the middle, and that at the very end, uh, I'm Through with Love. Uh, it's a fun, catchy, memorable score, so that's why I had to give it Best Score Soundtrack. For me, when I, when I first started writing this, it was Some Like a Hot by a Mile, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had to end up tying it. I went, I went with... Um, Ooh, first tie. Yeah, I went with Is that the first tie of the night? It, I yeah. think so. Mm-hmm. Adolf Deutsch for Some Like a Hot, but I've tied it with Franz Waxman for Sunset Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Sunset Boulevard has like this ha- a haunting kind of soundtrack to it. It is, it is, it's almost like at times, and maybe it's intentional, almost sounds like, like a fucking... Uh, Haunted house type fucking yeah, music, yeah, you know, yeah. and it, it's surreal and it's very, um, it's just off putting, you know, it, it's very, I, I, like, I think it a- adds to the sort of surreality that, that he's sort of experiencing, or it's just this weird fucking, um, I, that's all I can think of, like, like haunted house type fucking music, you know, right. like, um, it really which is, caught, which caught is fitting off, for yeah, Brian's mansion. It, it, it just caught me off guard as I, I was like, man, I don't, you know, I, I can't imagine this with any other, I, I think the second time that I've seen it now. Um, it just, it just, it, the soundtrack itself, I feel like is, is pretty, it's really strong. It like it adds to the scene more mm-hmm. than I would have thought. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, definitely for me, I mean, that's a close writer up for me because I actually felt more Hitchcockian to me as yeah. well. Definitely. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. what I thought as well. Just especially with the suspense music to the chase music, all of that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Uh, on a single viewing, the music didn't impress me that much on a lot of these films. Um, so the one that stood out the most was probably Some Like It Hot. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a cool 1920s jazz feel, um, a lot of strings and horns. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like Marilyn Monroe's I Want to Be Loved by You. Yeah. I was like, I've watched that a few times just on YouTube, you know, like sure. in the background while I'm doing these awards. And so overall, I have to go with uh, Some Like It Hot. But I also did like, uh, for runner-up, um, The Apartment, just the, the mm-hmm. main theme yeah. for Apartment. But the main theme just didn't cut it you know i think something like it hot just had a little bit more to it so that's where i went um that takes us to best quote man the great um, quotes right yeah. like these scripts are just jam-packed with beautiful quotes yeah. and, and lines that get repeated like in uh, something like a hot like story of my life i always get the fuzzy end of the lollipop yeah like it's a simple mm. little line like that's so good um, I love in Sunset. Like, I am big. It's the pictures that got oh, small. So good. Um, there's uh, Stalag 17's got, like, one of the, the first, like, really big sombering moment where uh, they're talking about the, the the cigarettes and the guys are, like, trying to fight it. Like, hey, hold it. You know, we oh. heard some shots, but they may have gotten away. So like, you want to double your bets? Anybody want to double their bets? And they all just turn around. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I like, love that. That, so that was so good. I don't have a lot of good things yeah. to say about Stalag 17, but, oh, like, yeah. I really Strong like opening, uh, yeah. yeah. I love in, in in double indemnity after the after he's killed uh, the guy and he's like leaving and he's like telling the story like trying to like mm. play it through his mind with uh, keys and he's like 
you know, so help me. I could, I could hear my own footsteps. Yeah. It was the walk of a dead man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that fucking line. But I'm going with the apartment. Um, I really love this line. Uh, Cece and, and Fran are uh, uh, talking in his office, and it's when he first realizes that she's been fucking Mr. Sheldrake. Mm-hmm. And he goes, the mirror, it's broken. Mm-hmm. She goes, yeah, I know. I like it that way. Makes me look like the, makes me look the way I feel. Yeah, that's yeah, a great one. And it's like, oh, that's so fucking hard because like they're both like they both hit the bottom mm-hmm. right in that moment. Like he realizes the girl he's in love with is fucking the guy that he can't get under the thumb of, and she's like admitting to herself that like yeah, I'm I'm nothing. Like I I don't have right. a purpose right now. And like they're he, both they're both hitting that bottom at the same I, time. I think I'd have to watch it again, but I think at that point Sheldrake had had already said something like oh yeah this girl i'm seeing she thinks he thinks i'm gonna leave my fucking right. wife and that mm-hmm. you know so he knows that that's her you know what mm-hmm. i mean like not only did he realize that she's the one having that but he knows that she doesn't mean shit to him right you know what i mean like that's fucking yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and it, it just plays into it you know longer like you know when he does call him on the phone and he's like i really don't care just like you know and he's like yeah. oh yeah he's like really worried about you and he could he could tell her the truth and like you yeah. know get closer to her but he's like i just i just want you to be happy yeah. Right. Like so, like that moment is really what sets those two. Even though they had little moments before that, that's what really like they hit their bottom and they they have to climb together. Yeah. Even though it's kind of separate along mm-hmm. the way. Yeah. So many great quotes. I even have a, a Fran and a Neff uh, runner up mm-hmm. that you didn't even hit on. That's how many great quotes. Yeah. That are, oh, they, 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 I could have picked ten lines. You, you yeah. Pick any any number of lines from any of these films. And, and I, I kept these separate because we did change the kill category to like. Best last scene, best line, mm-hmm. last oh, right, line. Right, right, right. So I like I I cut all of those out so that none of them played a part in okay. like my mm-hmm. best quote. I definitely also have to mention a couple of my runner ups. Uh, in um, Sunset Boulevard, we didn't need voices; we had faces. That yeah, was a strong so one. Good, for my, yeah, I mean, especially it's so true today because faces sell magazines and all that. Just <laughs> so great. Um, and also from uh, Double Indemnity, the suicide rates quote. Just how he rattles those <laughs> off. It's just so compelling to listen to. Like, who yeah. would think that like. Suicide statistics, statistics would be so interesting, but that was so great. I would love to see Baxter and uh, Neff oh, have a yeah, conversation because yeah. they're both uh, all about statistics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they know their shit. They're very intelligent guys. Cool. But I had to go with the line from the apartment: "Some people take, some people get took." Uh, nice. Fran to Baxter. She's talking about herself, but the statement also applies to Baxter yeah, sure. and extends to everyone, especially the other women whom Sheldrake takes advantage of. It's a statement that informs these two characters, but I also thought that's interesting to dwell on in the context of life. And lastly, I think not only does this is the best quote from this movie, but also applies to some of the other films in this marathon. Uh, in Sunset Boulevard, Norma's the taker, Joe gets took, mm. Walter and Phyllis mm. are the takers, in Double Indemnity, Mr. Dietrichson gets took, in Stalag 17, Price is the taker, and the rest of the POWs unwittingly get took, and to a lesser mm. extent... Septon also takes from the rest of his fellow prisoners through his various schemes. So I just thought it's a very, very great quote, very much a life lesson quote, and that's why I guess my best quote. You know, uh, real that's quick, good. it just triggered a thought, but like Stat- Stat- like 17 didn't take a lot of my awards either, but I really do like Stalag like 17. I think mm-hmm. on a second viewing, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it's just really interesting. I think there's a lot to, to chew on with Stalag like 17. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, where are you going? Dude, okay, so like... Some Like a Hot had a lot of really great stuff for me, man. There was the one moment, I think, in particular that I, I really enjoyed. Cause I, just, I just felt like I feel exactly the same way that these characters feel, you know? Like, so when they first get on that train and they're first in the, in the sort of uh, Josephine and Daphne kind of personas, 
and they're trying to fit in with everybody, and they 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 meet Marilyn, or they meet Sugar Cane, and she's drinking, and they're talking to her for a second, and as soon as she fucking leaves, like he takes his wig off, and he's like, "We've been playing with the wrong bands," <laughs> you know, like, like, and I think that's you know because I, I again I was just talk about Marilyn Monroe for a little bit, like I've always known Marilyn Monroe's attractive, you know what I mean, like, but. Her seeing a picture of her too, is man. not the same as seeing her in a movie. See, I think you I've know, only seen that one picture my whole life. Yeah, you've yeah. always seen like that picture of her. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, 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 inch, like with the right. Yeah. yeah. But to, I never understood how charming she was. You know what I mean? And how like thick she is, and like everything about her. You almost hit on everything I'm about ready to say later. Every everything about her is just like irresistible and like alluring. Yeah. And, oh. Like Marilyn Monroe. Or Kate Upton. Pick one right now. <laughs> I think Kate Upton is, is like the modern day... She is. I mean, Marilyn Monroe in a, in a lot of ways. But it's Marilyn Monroe, let's be honest. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, no, but like... But yeah, I, I think there's that... Where she leaves the room and it's like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I think, yeah, there's just that... It's just a, It's kind of a throwaway line, but it's like, we have been playing with the wrong bands. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Whew. So, um... There's so many quotes just from um, Joe Gillis oh, that yeah. I love. I didn't write any of them down, but uh, just his narration. Um, there, there's so much stuff about the pool or how people's shoes look or just ev- everything that he says. There's probably 20 lines that just the way that he um, interacts with somebody, something that he says, I'm like, that's fucking the best thing you could probably say. Yeah. It just it has so much rhythm to it. Um, but if, I have to go with Norma Desmond. Um, and that's all right, Mr. DeMille. I'm ready for my close-up. Um, I have a lot more to say about um, just that quote that and that whole and scene that. later. <laughs> so I'm going to save it for another category. Um, but I do have some other runner-ups I'd like to share. And that is um, Sunset 13. Or sun, sunset 13. <laughs> sunset Boulevard. Um, I, yeah, I am big. I am big. It's the pictures that got small. That got small. Um, I love that. And then the apartment, Fran says, uh, when you're in love with a married man, you shouldn't wear mascara. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Such that's a great so line. good, man. And then another uh, one from that just it's uh, one of those repeated lines again. Where it's like, and she repeats what Baxter says, and she's like, "That's the way it crumbles," you know. Cookie that's wise. that's the next yeah, one yeah, I had. Yeah. Oh, that's man, the next one. That yeah, too. that's the way it crumbles, cookie wise. I love that. And then Walter Neff says, "Yes, I killed him. I killed him for money and a woman, and I didn't get the money, and I didn't get the woman. <laughs> Pretty, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's a great oh. line. Um, so that takes us, guys, <laughs> sitting there bleeding out. Uh, yeah." That takes us to best screenplay. Man. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, really, really difficult. Because um, all these have, you know, such wit and and everything behind them. You know, the, a mile a minute laughs and some like it hot. You know, uh, you know that good back and forth in, in Stalag. When it's hitting, it's hitting really well. Mm. Uh, the, the apartment's got this just wonderful, like, dialogue and this beautiful, like, character structure. But... I'm going with Double Indemnity for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, it's it's a great mystery from mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. beginning to end. They do. I mean, even though you're involved with it, it's still a mystery to you about how everything is going to play out. Yeah. And you're along with Walter, thinking like, "Oh, they committed the perfect crime." Mm-hmm. But his keys, you know, mm-hmm. got that little man in his stomach, and he's like, "You know, if he broke his leg, why didn't he file the insurance then?" Right. Yeah. That one little fucking thing that they didn't think of, and and you're you're along with them, thinking like, "Oh, they totally got away yeah, with this. Yeah. The, their undoing is going to be themselves." But it ends up no. It ends up being yeah. Keys the whole well, time. And, and Keys initially, too, go. like, is with them. He, he's like, he's like oh, no, yeah. like, he's like, no, it, it's, we owe him fucking money, just pay him out, yeah, you know. Just pay him out. Yeah. And, and I love that it's, it's the, like, 
or anti-hero. You know, this is one of those those first movies where like your protagonist is definitely not a fucking good guy. Like you're with him at the beginning, and you're like, oh, he's just you know flirting with this woman, and then it turns into something a little more sinister, and then you find out that she's playing him the whole time, and then like, man, it's 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 just really well done, and then. Billy Wilder and Raymond Chandler um, co-wrote this together. They fucking hated each other. <laughs> like Raymond Chandler, like wrote this the 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 play, and so he was brought in to do the screenplay. And he like he had never written a movie before, so he wrote it and he brought it to Billy Wilder. And Wilder looked at it immediately and goes, "What the fuck is this?" and <laughs> threw it in the trash. <laughs> He's like, "No, we're writing this together. Like you don't write it and I fix it. Like we're writing this together." And like. They couldn't stand being in the same fucking room together, but they fucking produced, like, an awesome fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Well, I have to go with the tie on this one. My first one, though, like you said, Kyle, Billy Wilder and Raymond Chandler for Double Indemnity. There's great dialogue, complex characters, an absorbing and elaborate plot, and I'm a sucker for a great crime film in the film noir to tradition. Great lines, like I mentioned earlier, the suicide rates one, but also... Like I think it's something like uh, we're going to be hanged as sure as ten dimes make a dollar. Just such <laughs> a great line. But in this, in terms of this screenplay, I especially love how the murder motivations seem to develop organically. Mm. Uh, Phyllis wants to kill her husband because her husband loves his daughter Lola more than he loves her, and bequeaths all of his money and holdings to her. The Spurn Lover defense is a great one, I thought, because it draws uh, the sympathy not only from Walter but most likely from many of the viewers. Uh, Walter wants to help Phyllis because he is excited by the challenge of pulling off the murder for a maximum reward. And that's where the title comes from, Double Indemnity, Mm -hmm. uh, just because of how unlikely it is for the murder to happen on a train. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know that he's eager and competent competent insurance salesman. The only difference here is that the sale will benefit the client more than it will himself and his Mm -hmm. company. And although they do pull off the murder, the insightful Barton Keys comes very, very close to finding out the truth. Close enough that he throws a wrench in the insurance scam. We should expect this because Keys probably taught Walter everything he knows, but still comes as a surprise. That's great. And lastly, as a bonus, I do want to say that osteopath is probably my new favorite use of euphemism for prostitute. <laughs> that's just, that's just what a is surprise. it? Osteopath. Uh, uh, better not put that bonus. in your, your expense account. It's just <laughs> fine, yeah. Uh, but the second one it definitely has to be Charles Brackett, Billy Wilder, and D.M. Marshman Jr. for Sunset Boulevard. The story is a powerful cautionary tale about falling for the seduction of fame and fortune, whether on the inside looking out in the case of Norma or the outside looking in in the case of Joe. It's a timeless story because there will always be a movie business with faded stars. The dialogue, characters, and plot are all superb. You know, it's so interesting. Um, I was just, you know, looking at Facebook and I, I saw a, f- um, a picture of um, Chris Pratt and he was just mm-hmm. on the beach yeah. you know and I just got done watching Sunset Boulevard and I'm like you know Chris Pratt's dick's on fire it has been yeah. for a long time yeah. people love Chris Pratt you know I was like one day you know that light's gonna fade you know yeah. and you're gonna be looking back and you're gonna be like who the fuck was Chris Pratt mm-hmm. you know just everybody has that, that window that, that, that time to shine and then it fades yeah. it, it does it's right. inevitable that the new comes in you know whether that's new stars or you know talking pictures you know and uh yeah, I just it, yeah, it's, I agree with everything you said. Dude, there's not a bad screenplay, and I mean no. these are brilliant fucking screenplays. Mm-hmm. No, normally I feel like this is kind of a bottom of the barrel kind of thing for a lot of the screenplays. We you know like we're doing action films or we're doing horror films or whatever, and it's like there's this fucking script is shit. But these are there's not a bad fucking script here. They're all amazing. Um, I end up going Charles Bragg and Billy Wilder, D.M. Marshman Jr. Sunset Boulevard. Man, like I'm a real sucker for like 
that just that that narration, you know, oh, just like man. that narration so from your main character. And a lot of these films have. The, you think you know, it's the, the best narration? I don't know because because it, it just. It, I really like the narration in the apartment. I really like the narration in there's but there's not enough of it. I think in the apartment. Mm-hmm. I think I think what's there is really good. I think in Double Indemnity it's really good. I think in Sunset Bullet there's just so much of it in Sunset. You oh. get you really get to know Joe Gillis more from what he says to you personally than what he says on screen. Yeah, and he know? says so many cool things. And he says, it's so, everything he says, it's like, it's like almost, no, like no one's swam in the pool for a million midnights. Right. Things like that, it's you just know? so, yeah, it's so descriptive. It's it's funny because like you're watching a movie but it's also almost like you're reading a book. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's just so much, either, you know, you're seeing it but then they're explaining what you see and adding elements to it. Like, like you know, when, when I see the, when I see the mansion, I just see the mansion but then when you hear him describe the mansion, oh, yeah, it takes it. on a whole Whole other character. A whole other character, yeah. yeah. Even when we talk about the burial, didn't he say something like this must be the son of King Kong or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Says so, so many great lines from Joe Gillis. It just yeah, it adds so much atmosphere, I think. And that's what really elevates it for me. Right on. I'm going Sunset Boulevard, uh, written by Billy Wilder and Charles Brackett. Um, it's a story of a faded silent film star who dreams of making a triumphant return to the big, big screen. But I love the film industry commentary. Um, I think it's ballsy for its time putting... Um, for its time, putting studios in such a negative light, the snappy dialogue. Um, I love the cynicism of Joe Gillis. Norma Desmond has great lines. Joe has great lines. A very, very unique spin on Hollywood. Um, the narration from the grave is such a great mm-hmm. idea that actually they even do that in American Beauty, don't they? Like, yeah, yeah. Tw- you know, mm-hmm. I think so, fucking yeah. 50 yeah, years later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think they do the exact same thing, paying homage to that. And the, the whole monkey funeral bit is awesome. Just the right amount of weird, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so I'm going Sunset Boulevard. That takes us to Best Special Achievement. Uh, I kept mine to cinematography, and if I'm doing that, then it's pretty undeniable that it's got to go to Double Indemnity. It was the first ever film noir. They use shadows just so fucking insanely, covering people's faces and and covering just so many actions and, and moods, and they're getting some insane angles going in this movie. Like They do such a good job of just just framing everything to make it feel like enclosed and tight and like the i mean it starts out kind of wide and the movie slowly moves in as the pressure gets tighter and tighter and it's just it's mind-blowingly good camera work i just fucking loved it it, it is i just want to i i didn't go with that but i think like i i, I knew going in like this is if, if not one of the first the first like sort of film noir and i mm-hmm. I've sort of gained a, a much greater appreciation for it after watching Casablanca, right? And then, mm-hmm. like, I re- what I really like about Casablanca is the use the use of shadow. At, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. whether it's bars on like Elsa's face, or it's you know half half of his half of his face, so that it's sort of showing you know he's at a crossroads. Not gonna. Stop. I right. was looking for that in this, and I didn't see a lot of it. You I know did. what I mean? Like, I didn't see a lot of it as a as yeah. a character point, kind of. You know, which and it, it's a different it's a different film. It's a different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, maybe it doesn't need to have that. But I was looking for it, and I didn't see it. But I agree with what you're saying. You I, know, I was just expecting more. Yeah, I, I was too. I, I think agree. there might be at least some of it in Walter's office, maybe. And yeah, but uh, yeah. I went with uh, cinematography also. But I have to go with John F. Seats for Sunset Boulevard, especially the car chase and the pull-in close-ups of Norma's face at the end of the film. I thought that was great. The images look crisp and beautiful as Norma would have wanted. I also like the long shots of Norma and Max at the beginning of the film, which emphasize their loneliness living in the mansion. I just thought there was a lot of uh, varied and interesting camera work, so that's why it gets my special achievement. Nice. I, I also went Sunset here, John F. Seeds. Um, particularly, 
<clears throat> like you said, um, a lot of things you touch base on. Mm-hmm. The pool scene blows my fucking mind every time I see it. I know, I know, like what they did was there was a mirror on the bottom of the pool, and that's you know, like, initially they put the camera in like a a glass box, I think, and lowered it in and had it point up, and it just looked like shit. Mm-hmm. So they put a mirror on the bottom of the pool and filmed that. But every time I, I see that shot of Joe Gillis in the pool, I just think that's fuck. That's so yeah. good for 1950 or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, fuck, that's good. Yeah. Uh, the final shot as well of um, of Norma coming down the oh, stairs yeah, yeah. is so like haunting, mm-hmm. and she's like, I know, I know, I read that she was like barefoot in that scene because there was just not enough room for her to navigate in heels with all the people on it. But as she's coming down, it's just so like she's just floating. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, it's so ethereal, sort of moving through everybody, and it's just so, like, it's almost scary. You know what I mean? It's almost sort of a sort of frightening very shot, haunting, especially yeah. her face, and, um, God, it's such a well-shot film. Yeah, I agree. Um, best Special Achievement, I'm going Some Like It Hot. Um, it came out in 1959, and for its time, it really pushed boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, it oh, went yeah, against right. the Motion Picture Production Code, which was in place to dictate moral and ethical content. Um, the studio really took a chance making a movie with cross-dressers <laughs> and homosexuality, or at least hints mm-hmm. of homosexuality. Right. Yeah. Um, I think uh, that's an achievement that needs, that needs to be celebrated. Um, giving the finger to the system and changing the standard. It's um, not, it's not played awesome. cheaply either. It's not like no, it's no. not like oh, we're trying to make funny gay jokes here. No. Like mm-hmm. like like Jack Lemmon like plays it like oh, I kind of actually no, love I, this guy. I, I, think, <laughs> I think that he <laughs> might be gay at the end of the movie. Yeah. I really yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, like you said, it's not a joke either. And he's, you know, that scene when he comes back from that night, he's talking about getting married and mm-hmm. go, he's like, engaged. He's, yeah. he's, yeah. He goes on and on and on about it, where right. it can't be a joke. Mm-hmm. It's like he's very happy. Right. He yeah. had a wonderful night. Yeah. 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 He had a wonderful yeah. fucking yeah. night. It was the best night of my life. Like, yeah. legit. <laughs> so great. So. It was fucking crazy about it. <laughs> <laughs> he just kept on going on and on. So that takes us to best supporting guys. Oh, man, I was really close to going Edward G. Robinson uh, in Double Indemnity. I think he's just so fucking good and plays himself down so much, but I can't get Shirley MacLaine out of my head. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, I hear you, bro. I think, I think she's doing some wonderful shit, and she's not She's not this over-empowered woman, but she's not a damsel in distress either. She's right. just a broken human being trying yeah. to find a way to put herself together or get herself out of the way of everyone else's you know, troubles, too. And, and she just does such a good job. Like, you see the heartache in her eyes every time it's there. And you see her light up when she's, like, you know, when she thinks that Sheldrake's really, like, in love with her and going to leave his wife. And, and when she, you know, at the end, when she gives the, the, the last line, like, everything she's doing is just so wonderful. And if you don't, like, absolutely love Shirley MacLaine by yeah. the end of the apartment, then right. you don't have a fucking heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, best supporting, I went with Eric von Stroheim as Max von Meierling in Sunset Boulevard. Early in the movie, is so intimidating with his solemn demeanor, but later in the movie, his verbal threatening is subtle but powerful. But a big reason why this gets my best supporting is his reveal as Norma's first husband. Mm. He's so poignant and powerful and adds a whole <laughs> other layer to his character, especially at the very end of the movie where Max is ordering the cameraman to shine the spotlight in Norma and how he's guiding her down the staircase, yeah. mm-hmm. setting the scene, um, really s- compelling her to get in the moment and just like the connection between them. He's trying to re- like reconnect to his past relationship with her and it's clear that they have like a really strong relationship at, by, because of that. Just Ma- the yeah, way Max he is a good dude. Up. Max yeah, is a good Max dude. Yeah. He's been there the whole time when everyone else, uh-huh. you know. Yeah, yeah so that's why I guess my best story. It's such a layered performance. Fucking Shirley MacLaine came to act. Like, I, I, Shirley fucking MacLaine, dude. It's Frank Kubelik. Um, 
Kyle already touched base on a lot of the stuff that I wanted to say, but, you know, in fact, the, the big, it was like, if you watch this film, like, I fucking dare you to watch this film and not, like, kind of fall in love with Shirley MacLaine, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's insane, like, and it's not because she, she's just a fucking real person, you know what I mean? She, she comes across, she's charming and she's broken and she's fucking sad and she's hopeful and she's suicidal yeah. and she's, like... Which is wonderful at everything. Like I buy her as that character. Yeah. I don't. I don't. You know, she's not super empowered or super broken. She's just like a person, and I I believe that she is that character. It's yeah. fucking great, man. Nathan, shut up and deal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going with the apartment. Shirley MacLaine. Uh, Billy Wilder said the actress that played Fran needed to be sexy, funny, check, and sad. Check. Okay, I think yeah. Shirley MacLaine nails all three. She's so good in this. Such a great performance. Um, I really buy her as a broken doll that has to be put back together. Someone that has been used for a long time, mm-hmm. much like Baxter. Uh, but I think she anchors this movie, gives it that yeah. extra push to excellence. And uh, I need to see more Shirley Shirley McLean movies now. I'm a I'm a Shirley McLean fan. Yeah. I'm deeply in love with this yeah. character. With her, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I'm going to the apartment. So, and I also wonder, is Jack Lemmon um, supporting you? Think in some oh, like he's, a hot. He's, he, oh, in, in some like a hot. I th- I think there's a co lead. Yeah, yeah. co lead. I was gonna go uh, him wrap it up. Say and William Holden is he uh, supporting for Sunset Boulevard? I would say yes. I think so because I think. But, I mean, he's also that. kind of the main he's, character. It's a co lead, like, you think? Yeah, that one's a tough one. I, yeah. I would say they're co leads. Yeah, maybe. but I, you know. I don't know. So anyway, those were some of my runner-ups. Um, Jack Lemmon's so energetic and some like it hot. So energetic. Oh my god! Was, the way he laughs at his own fucking jokes <laughs> yeah. all the time, he cracks me up. Yeah, he's so good. Um, <laughs> that takes us to best lead actress. Uh, or actor. Well, oh, well, 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 spoiler warning there. <laughs> I was right. gonna say Gloria Swanson. You guys can just talk about it because it's it's a it's a great performance. Yeah. All right. Um, I agree. I'm shit I agree. No. Okay. It's the best tie. It's a tie for me. I okay. definitely have to go with Gloria Swanson first as uh, Norma Denson or uh, Norma Desmond in Sunset mm-hmm. Boulevard. There are so many layers to her character. Uh, she's not only a deluded diva, although she is really good at chewing the scenery when she falls out the deep end. She's also a sympathetic, tragic actress, and you can care for her because you see and hear the charisma that made her famous silent film star. She can be sexy, vicious, and pitiful, and all of it is entirely convincing. Swanson fully inhabits the role and is captivating from start to finish, especially as she dives deeper into madness. But for my second performance, you put her in supporting, but I felt that she was big enough and had enough to do to warrant a co-lead. So I'm going with Shirley MacLaine as Fran oh, yeah. Kubelik in the apartment. McLean completely sells both her perky persona as an elevator girl, which she's, that's like her initial job, so that's how most of the world sees her, but then her true persona of a young woman who is warily wise in the ways of the world. I especially loved her physical performance as Fran becomes to come out of her drug-induced coma. Like, it's, it's so subtle. She doesn't act the heck out of it. She, like, it's really in character. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pretty pretty amazing to watch. And uh, as is in the she case, she take a slap. Yes, that too. <laughs> as is the case with the best performance, she plays a character rather than just a version of herself. It's always mm-hmm. compelling to watch. Always compelling to listen to her impart her wisdom. Just so great. So that's why that's why I had to give for uh, a tie. She's definitely supporting, though. I mean, I'll honor it, but yeah, definitely supporting. Mm. Okay, where are you going? I didn't go Norma Desmond. I Ooh, I, you I bitch. I didn't go Norma. <laughs> I, look, look I, I really like her. And I, I love the character, 
Um, this ought to be good. No, you know what? No, I, I went with Jack Lemon and <laughs> yep. Cece Baxter in the apartment. He's good. He's fucking really good. He's solid. I'm not. I'm not saying it blows her out of the water. I don't have. It's close. I haven't used any ties yet, but let's just say I'm out of ties, so I couldn't do that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I I I I felt like I gave Norma Desmond plenty of fucking love throughout the whole rest of it. You know. And again, I've used my ties as well. Oh. So you know what I mean? Like I, I've talked about I've talked we've all talked about her to death. Yeah. I feel like um but I just I again I like him for a lot of the same reasons that I like Shirley McLean's. I buy him as a character, I buy him as a person. Um a lot of the times with, with uh with Gloria Swanson's portrayal of, of Norma uh Desmond, she's just so manic all the time. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying she's she's wonderful, mm-hmm. but it's you get. I feel like you just get to know CC better. You know what I mean. Like you get. Her to Charlie know, Chaplin yeah. was so good. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, she's fucking uh, great. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm making excuses. Like, like oh, no, Jack, it's, it's Jack not. Lemon. Jack Lemon did a great yeah, fucking no, job. It's, yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, if it, if Gloria Swanson was not in this, I mean, it would just go. It wouldn't even be uh, an afterthought. It yeah. would just be Jack Lemon. Uh, but I'm going Gloria Swanson. Obviously, it's one of my favorite performances of all time from a leading lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a comeback movie for her. Mm. She was retired from the movies and living in New York doing radio. Um, her previous movies were in 1934 and 1941. Sunset came out in 1950. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that's important to have a character that, or to have an actress that portray. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like yeah, when yeah. you get Michael Keaton to play Birdman or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. You, have, you want to have that same. She went nine years without doing a movie. Yeah. Okay, and seven years between the other two films. So she comes out of nowhere and just kills it mm-hmm. as Norma Desmond. She taps into every emotion. I buy every line. I bet I buy every glance. Um, she wears this character. I'm going Sunset Boulevard. And I just, I want to throw out. I think William Holden is fantastic in Style Like Seven. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. He won. So. He won Best Actor that year. But a lot of people were saying it's one of those like Give they me. fucked him over for Sunset Boulevard. So they were like, <laughs> yeah. here's a here's a gimme for this. But yeah. he's 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 really. Oh, Oscar's never too. done that. Like, no, of course not. <laughs> Yeah, Leo's definitely <laughs> best performance is not the Revenant, but that <laughs> fucking long shot. Um, but yeah, he's so good where he's like he's the the center of that place, and like mm-hmm. everyone hates him, but like he keeps that cool, and he's doing such a good job of just like delivering those lines that yeah. that, that are just so harrowing and so like brooding and weird all at the same time. And something else I want to say about Jack Lemmon is Billy Walter was so in control of his movie, and you read. From the screenplay, you know, you did every line. I mean, you you knew what your role was, and that's what you did. Uh, Jack Lemmon was the only one that uh, Billy Walter felt comfortable enough to let him, you know, improvise. Mm. Like he improvised the whole uh, making spaghetti with the, uh, with the tennis, with racket, the tennis racket and uh, having the nasal spray. Was that nasal spray? Mm-hmm. Um, all that was improvised, and huh. that's not Billy Walter. Like he just doesn't let you loosen up and do what you want, you know. And he trusted, right. you know, Jack Lemmon just cool. to do his thing. So, yeah, it's yeah, a great pick. Um, so that takes us to best scene. Man, <laughs> um, yeah, God, uh, you know, I I was almost back and forth on two of these, and I, I didn't want to use ties because I wanted I want to save my end for the the big ones. Oh boy! Um, and I almost went double indemnity the first time that you know Phyllis and Walter meet. They have some great fucking back and forth where this is like sexy little playful shit that they're doing with each other. There's some great dialogue in there. Uh, really helps set up the movie and like the plot that's going to be moving forward, but. There's something about the first time we meet Josephine and Daphne, <laughs> like all the way until the point where you know the Marilyn Monroe leaves, and you're like, "Oh, we playing the wrong fucking band this whole goddamn time." <laughs> like, it's it's because it's 
I think it's because it's so natural and it doesn't play like too slapsticky and weird. Like right. most, we've seen dozens of like men dressed as women through the decades types of movies. Sure. And they're Not always played or... for like, yeah, they're played to be like super comical, but th- this isn't like, oh, ha, 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 we're, look yeah, at us, we're yeah. women. Like, it's like, we're, we're just people. Like, we're trying to get out of this situation and it, it just plays natural. Like, they're a little uncomfortable in their clothes and how they walk and stuff, but they don't, like, overdo any of it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and it's funny, so great. Because, yeah, they, they don't come on and just act all super feminine. They're actually, like, trying to hide their faces no. and shit a lot of the time. And it's, it's, it's so it's, natural. It's when, natural. When uh, Lemon walks in and, like, he's like, oh my god, who does your hair? Like, yeah. it, felt, it didn't feel like he was, like, <laughs> trying to be a woman. Like, it was a very natural, like, oh my god, your hair is really nice. Yeah. Like, who does that? <laughs> like, he's, it's, and that's why it's so great. And it's a, it's a beautiful introduction to, to where we're going with the rest of the, yeah. the movie. For best scene, I mean, a strong run-up for me, I guess I'll throw out, would be in, in uh, Double Indemnity, the actual central murder, just because how much suspense they managed to ring mm-hmm. out of that, especially in the dark, in the, uh, in the railroad setting, and, um, Kill the shot to kill the guy, and then uh, try to distract the past the passenger on the train, and where to put and type the type just the timing to get to mm-hmm. put the body. Just great scene overall. It's, it's great because you don't know what their plan is either. Yeah, right? no, you, it's, you it's just, just know like oh watch. he's supposed to die on the train, but he, yeah, and then you're just like I just yeah. gotta fucking watch it. But my best scene has to be the final confrontation between Norma and Joe and Sunset Boulevard. The actors are firing in all cylinders. The dialogue potent and sharp, and the characters finally show their true motivations. Norma confesses that she wants to possess Joe as a lover and is willing to kill him if she can't have him. Joe confesses that he's desperate to escape and abandons any desire to live comfortably in her care, which he does throughout most of the movie. And ends the only way it can with Norma killing Joe because her passion is much stronger than his, even if it's sorely misguided. And it's just, just a great way for the movie to end. So I had to give him my best scene. What? The fucking sunset staircase scene, man. It's it really, I, mean, I hate, I, I, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I said in the beginning, like, I don't want to throw shit at sunset unless it deserves it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want to have a whole bunch of points for that if, if I don't think, but fuck, it's a great scene. You know what I mean? Like, it's so fucking good. I talked about it before where, like, she just kind of floats down and, like, it's, you know, Max is throwing the fucking spotlight on her. It's, it's this, it's, fuck, it's so good. I don't know. I don't know. I've already talked about it. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah that's and I think it's thing. so important, too, because when I first, um, put my awards together like I really genuinely loved all these movies even style like 17 that's not you know getting too much love tonight um, loved all the movies and I started padding my awards out and then I started to retreat back to honesty mm. and I was like I can't do this guys I have to you know I just can't pat it out because I want this movie to have an award and this movie to have an award I have to go with um, how I feel you know and uh, you know there's been movies in the past that uh, or, or people who have kind of burnt some episodes, I think, where they've padded mm-hmm. the list, you know, because they wanted to be fair. And then someone else comes in and kills the entire episode with, you know, like 10 or 12. And this guy's like, you know, well, you can do that if you want to, but I was just being fair, you know? And I was like, hey, yeah. the best movie, that's what we're talking about. We're trying to yeah. figure out the best movie. So if you guys feel that way about a certain movie, then give them all your awards, you know? Right. Some 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 marathons or verses won't be like that. You know, sometimes it will be scattered out. But yeah, I'm giving a lot of love to Sunset Boulevard because it deserves it. I'm going with my favorite quote that descent into madness, man, uh, starting with the interrogation of Norma in her bedroom. Um, the news cameras show up and she thinks it's her big Cecil B. DeMille comeback mm-hmm. movie. Uh, the cameraman and all the police are waiting for her in the foyer and uh, Mal- Max filming her walking down the staircase. Lights, camera, 
action. You know, mm-hmm. it's close up Mr. DeMille time. You know, and the music too that comes it's in is just so, so like good. she's oh. just gliding down yeah. the staircase. It's and so creepy I think what, and unsettling. I think what what I really like about it too is that all the other all the other people that are there, like they're not moving. You know, what I mean, they're just standing perfectly still while she like sort of glides among them. Yeah. You know, like their eyes kind of turn a little bit, but that because there's no other movement in the scene, that's what's yeah. it's so good. Um, some quick runner-ups. Um, Baxter from the apartment when he talks about how um, he tried to kill himself and he ends up shooting himself in the leg. <laughs> yeah, but he was really going to go through with suicide. Yeah. You know, I love that scene. And then Stalag 17, um, betting on the men escaping at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. um, asking people to double their bets. I love that. Yeah. And then um, some like it hot just for pure comedy. The uh, train scene. I thought the train scene was great, where they're all getting up. Well, and they're, they're, all they're all the same. They're all the same. Oh man! Uh, Everybody maybe it'll be a party. surprise party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. So good. Yeah. So uh, that takes us to defining moment, guys. I can't wait to hear what this is. Uh, my, my, I'm just gonna get my runner up because we haven't been giving it much love. But uh, the message system in Stall Like 17 is so Ooh, great. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. taking that light and putting a little oh, loop in it. It's right in front of everyone's fucking face, right. and they can't see it. Yeah. But it, and it's such a simple image, but it's so beautiful. And like you see it throughout the movie from different angles, and it's yeah. like you know, like oh, something is gonna happen once you, once you know what that system. I thought is. it was a really cool because I think one of you posted the poster I think of the yeah. film, and it's just that it's just the light, yeah. and it's yeah. wow, that's such mm, a, it's cool a great image. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm going with just Shirley MacLaine in general. Mm. Like I I can't get her out of my fucking head. Yeah. Like she's so great in this, and it's it's that that warmth that she provides, and that just how just fucking cute and sexy she is when she's this door girl and just how much you want to fucking white knight her when she goes to like kill yeah. herself and you just you just want her so bad to just yeah. like fucking just be okay so Shirley McLean yeah we got a video lander in the studio what's hey. up big dog what's up video <laughs> lander Ryan Smith yeah. what's happening what's up man yeah, have a seat man we're just uh, doing uh, Billy Walter marathon jerking ourselves off we're just talking about Shirley McLean oh, yeah yeah there's, a, yeah there's a wire right there yeah the um, Sit on the fucking couch. Yeah, just move some shit over, dude. Move those, move those posters over, dude. Yeah, Don't let me interrupt, please. No, no, no. You already did. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're in for a show. Let me oh. tell you. Okay. No. All right. Defining moment. I'm going with CC Baxter giving Sheldrake the key to the executive washroom oh, yeah. rather than the key to his apartment in the department. Good it's a great twist, Good yeah. Since it subverts our expectations about CC's key giving and turns into an aggressive act rather than a submissive, as a submissive one, it's a big fuck you to Sheldrake, and I just loved it. That's why he has to get my defining moment. Because so many of these films are defined by like cynicism, because that is one of uh, Billy Wilder's big things. But here's like a big optimistic mm. moment, big heroic moment, and so I just love it for that. So much of, of the Billy Wilder marathon, like, the lead-up for me has been, we talked about with the so with Sunset Boulevard, like, we're going to talk about Sunset Boulevard, and is it Pantheon? You know what I mean? Like, does it, does it, you know, I know we all kind of think, we all kind of think that it got fucking robbed, but, like, is it as good as, as we, we kind of want it to be? Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> like, yeah. it's really fucking good. Um, so, I mean, my defining moment is really just Sunset Revisited. You know oh, I mean? nice. Like, just, just That's cool. Coming back to it and watching it again and being like, yes, it got fucking robbed. It got fucking robbed. Okay. Yeah, I think if there's one movie in the Denied list, I mean, obviously I'm a huge Donna Dead fan. We all know that. But if there's mm-hmm. one that I legitimately think is robbed, yeah, it's Sunset Boulevard. Mm-hmm. So uh, my defining moment is Some Like It Hot. Um, Marilyn Monroe, guys. Uh, yeah, the Kate Upton of the. Fit. So check this out. I've never watched a Marilyn Monroe movie, so 
All I've ever seen from her is that famous vent blowing up the skirt yeah, the shot. White, and the white dress. So I knew what she looked like, but there's a lot of blondes and some like it hot. So I kept asking my wife, I was like, is that Marilyn? Is that her? Over in the corner, you know, to the side, is that her? And make no mistake, man, when she shows up, yeah. it's like, oh, that's Marilyn That's Marilyn Monroe, man. <laughs> and uh, I never knew she was a bigger girl. Like, she had some yeah, meat on her. But fucking she's sexy. thick with, like, six Ks. Yeah, <laughs> so sexy. Um, I have a quote from Jack Lemmon. Although she may not have been the greatest actor or singer or comedian, she used more of her talent, brought more of her gifts to the screen than anyone he ever knew. And uh, Billy Wilder didn't even want to work with her again because she couldn't remember her lines. Required 47 takes to get It's Me, Sugar, Correct. But she had charisma for days. The way that she used her eyes and her lips, she's just so magnetic. I'm a mm. Marilyn Monroe fan now. I'm yeah. a Shirley MacLaine fan now. I wish mm. I could have tied right. this, but Marilyn Monroe, I was like, no. That's Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just you, fucking know. You want to fuck Marilyn Monroe, you want to marry <laughs> Shirley MacLaine. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, take a pick. You want Depends one night on what day it is. <laughs> sometimes I feel like chocolate ice cream, and sometimes I feel like vanilla ice cream. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, another runner-up for me, guys, was the runner-up, um, I'm sorry, runner-up, Style Like 17, and it's the the mole. Finding out who the mole mm-hmm, is yeah. because um, I'm, mystery, the whole I'm glad it wasn't Joey, the guy playing the harmonica. He's kind uh-huh. of been shell shocked, you know. That character too. Yeah, but you know, I figured that would be the cheap way to go. Yeah, it was right, Joey. It, it was Joey the whole time, or Cookie, the narrator, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, you know, legitimately surprised when I found out who the mole was in Stalag Seventeen. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be the guy that was like persecuting him the whole time. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. you're, you're the fucking. I was like, right. it's gonna be you. You're the yeah. one that's calling him out. Yeah. It ends up being the guy who's just like gets pointed out pretty quick, and then they're just like, ah, get away from him. That's not him. Yeah, and another runner-up is, um, I usually my defining moment is, you know, like I brought this up in the past, but, um, you know, uh, Chinatown, where you have someone like Jack Nicholson, a star, and you cover his face in mm-hmm. bandages, you know, that mm-hmm. takes, a, takes a lot of balls, you know, that's the guy who's selling your tickets, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, something I, I really like if I had to make my own screenplay or make my own movie is um, The Last Rites of the Chimp in Sunset Boulevard. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. creepy. There's nothing else like that in Sunset Boulevard. But, but it's just it's, the right amount of weird. It's the right amount of weird, and it's right there at the beginning, and I think that probably took a chance. You could pro- I could see them looking back over their, their first draft, their second draft, like, you know, we could just cut this monkey you, shit And out. you could. And you could. You could easily. But I'm so yeah. glad it's there. So, um, but yeah, Marilyn Monroe from Some Like a Hot is fucking awesome. So that takes us to best final payoff. Um, we changed best kill to best final payoff. Um, what do you guys think of this? Do you think? Did you guys like that idea? I like, yeah, all, that's fine. All these yeah. movies have like incredible like last lines mm-hmm. or you know last mm-hmm. scenes or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna read off the last lines from all these. Okay, movies yeah, real quick though, what through. inspired this um, is. You know, I don't know if you guys agree with me. Um, Ryan Smith, I think you agree with me on this um, since you're in the studio. But uh, Alfred Hitchcock, I love Hitchcock. I think his best ending is Psycho. But, like, Vertigo has a weird winding where she just falls out of the mm. fucking, you know, mm-hmm. window. It's like, ah, she's done. Rear, yeah. rear window <laughs> has a... So fast. Rear Windows, window, yeah, it ties minutes. up real quick. Yeah. I mean, don't you think... What do you think about Alfred Hitchcock, Ryan? Yeah, he, he's, he struggles with his third acts. Yeah, he struggles they, with his... Yeah, they're just they just seem kind of... I don't know. They just never seem to tie up correctly. Like, I wouldn't even the, say the full third act. I would just say like, that, yeah, like the, the last minutes. five minutes. The climax. The last five minutes. That's true. But yeah. I think Billy Walder was the master of the final shot. Like the final line of dialogue. Mm-hmm. I think he tied up his movies really well. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he was a master of. So uh, you want to read those off? Yeah. So the last lines from all these movies. From the apartment, it's just a simple... Shut up and deal. Yeah, it's it's that moment like we don't have to. You know, yeah, we, we don't have to do this. I love you. Shit, we don't just have to. Shut up let's and just deal. be the people. I like how open ended. 
Did he get the yeah. girl? You know, right. are they just gonna yeah. be friends? Yeah. You know, but I do think that they're gonna fix each other. You got double indemnity. He just says, "I love you too" to Barton Keys. Like that. Like we had this work relationship, and like it got soured because of the shit I did. But like in the end. Well, like I still love you. And the whole movie, yeah. he's lighting mm-hmm. Keys cigarettes Absolutely. or his cigars. Yeah, Keys lights yeah. his. He yeah, lights his, great. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got in some like it hot. Just the last line is nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. So beautiful when he's just like trying to come up with every excuse in the world for uh, Osgood to not like be in love. I'm with him. infertile. Like, oh, I'm, I'm infertile. I smoke. Yeah. Like yeah. I live with a saxophone player, and he's like, "All right, fuck it. I'm a man." And he's like, "Yeah, nobody's perfect." <laughs> yeah, like I yeah. like I love you. And there's hints of the homosexuality there. It's yeah. not a joke. It's not. Yeah. It's not yeah. a joke. I think that they, they, they both sense. might be you know homosexual. Yeah. And I I think that's a great way to end your movie. It's a funny line, but it's sincere. Yeah. Um. Then you got in Stalag Seventeen, like uh, they get away, Sergeant Sefton and. Dunbar get Dunbar. away and uh, Animal just says maybe he just wanted to steal our wire cutters you ever think of that yeah. and it's like like it's like yeah he proved that he's not guilty but we still kind of fucking don't like him we still kind of think he's like a piece of shit human being um, even though he's doing kind of the right thing he's just getting himself out of the fucking right you know yeah. camp. It's, it's a moment for a reward too yeah. I mean, it's it's a mo- as- some moments connected with that right they beat the shit out of him. Yeah, they, 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 they gave him up. a kangaroo court, and I love it because they're all soldiers there. They've all been through a rough time. They're all POWs, all right? And uh, he goes down in his hole. Before he goes down in his hole, right, and escapes, he goes, if we ever, if I see any of you guys, you scumbags, I'm paraphrasing, you know, out <laughs> in the in the real world, just let's just pretend we don't even know each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, you beat the shit out of me pretty much. You know, fuck you guys. Mm-hmm. He goes down in his hole, and he comes back one more time. <laughs> And gives him that salute, you know, like yeah, I'm hey, fucking gone, and you're not. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's a little bit more than that too, though. I think it's like, hey, we are in this together. Yeah, you know. But uh, and then them singing that or whistling that song at the end, uh-huh. you know, com- camaraderie right there in the barracks. They pulled one off, you know, all together on the Germans. Mm-hmm. You know? all odds. Mm-hmm. They finally got it. Yeah. And then Sunset Boulevard. Uh, we talked about it, but I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. Yeah. DeMille, as she like is in this grand illusion that she's about to become this big fucking star again. Oh, fucking like, amazing! Yeah. Payoffs. They're all Straight really fucking good. payoffs, green lines. And for me, I'm going with some like it hot, nobody's perfect. Uh, That's good. It is a brilliant, like, comedic line. I think it's the funniest line in the movie to me. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, th- I think it's AFI's like top com- like comedy line of all time too. It's one of It's written on Billy Wilder's tombstone. Is it yeah. really? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I think it's just Billy Wilder and then it has a date, nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. And, and that's in fact, awesome. when he died and then in the papers, like Billy Wilder dies, nobody's perfect. <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. need that on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, we do need oh, that on the ceiling. Like it's, 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 it's beautiful. It's two fucking words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's all it is and it says yeah. so much. <laughs> it's, I, so yeah, much, I can't yeah. get over just like how like great putting two words on a piece of paper can like pay off yeah. like that i have to agree with you nobody's perfect and some like it hot the timing is great the line is one of the best line last lines in the history of cinema roy e brown's delivery is perfect jack lemon's <laughs> reaction shot is terrific Lastly, when you just keeps looking yeah. forward, nobody's perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lastly, when you first watch it, it probably comes out as a big surprise. Even it came to a shock, even as me when he like the uh, Jack Lemon's reaction shot. Just uh, the, the, the double take. It's just uh, just great. And uh, the edgy humor of that moment still holds up today. And, and you're right; they do seem like they could be lovers, and they could actually have a relationship. Just you like, motherfuckers got to make me change my my awards right. tonight. You should. Oof. All right. <laughs> That's so. That's why I guess my best uh, best final payoff. There are no wrong answers, man. Yeah. For me, it was shut up and deal from the apartment, yeah. man. I, yeah, I, for yeah. me, it's the most realistic. It's the most human. It's the most relatable. You know, it's less about 
you know, get them getting together, and it's more about them, you know, standing up to Sheldrake. Mm-hmm. You know, each individually standing up to Sheldrake, embracing what they believe is going to make them happy. You know, it's it's about you know, I think it's this it's this it's more about like you know the self respect that they have for themselves at that point is more important than the love story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's that they have something. For themselves now, so like, yeah, that was for me, man. And, and they I, played the, cards when she was like getting, you know, well, right? Like they, like she was like basically teaching him like what gin or whatever that they're mm. playing. Like, yeah, like it just all ties back together. God damn like, it, I'm at a crossroads right now. You don't have any ties, Brad. I don't, well, so I, I yeah, uh, well, I haven't used them yet, but uh, I will in, a, in another category or two. But god damn it, I got to make a decision here. Um, so I talked about it in length, but uh, I love the descent into madness. It's my favorite scene, and just she's ready for a close up, Mister Demille. Um, Norma straight crazy looking in the camera. It's her last shot. Yeah. It's her last close up. Um, such a perfect fucking scene. Um, it got my favorite scene. But then nobody's perfect as a final payoff. It has great. so yeah. much weight to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and again, it pushes boundaries and. Mm-hmm. Mm. They don't play it slapstick. And they don't like, play it should, like, exactly. It should have been like, I'm a man. Oh, you're a man. That would have been yeah. every other they, fucking they, comedy they, in the history and, of comedies. Yeah, exactly. And then they run into a boat. Yeah. You know? well, oh, no, my God. Like, I've been... Yeah. Straight ahead. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Don't even need to look at you. I still fucking love you. Mm. Doesn't matter. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to change it, guys. I had Sunset. Oof. I'm going... Boom. Nobody's perfect. Oh, yeah, no. I think that's a great line just because it pushes boundaries. And I honestly legitimately think that Jack Lemon's character, um, I think that he might... Be in love with He's this guy. Head. I think he is. Uh-huh. He's in love with him. So that's what I'm. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do that. I like that. Feels good. Um, best director, guys. I'm going with Billy Wilder, guys. I think he's <laughs> yeah. gonna sweep uh, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm. I'm going with the apartment here. I mm-hmm. think we get uh, some some great camera work. We're getting like he, there's so much. It's a tiny space. This tiny apartment, but we're getting so much world in it. We're getting. Terrific performances out of Lemon. We've all talked about that. We've Shirley MacLaine. Talk about that. We haven't really talked about Fred McMurray is fucking great in this yeah, too. No. Like he's he's a fantastic dickhead. This whole fucking movie. Fantastic like you're, dickhead. Yeah, you're putting you're putting it all together. And <laughs> I want that on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> Comedies aren't always you know worried about getting the best shots and all that. Mm. And, and the apartment's kind of a, a dark comedy in its own way. But it, like he goes the extra mile to to give you those good shots and to give you everything that's going and flowing together perfectly. Like. Everything is is casted wonderfully, even though you know Fred McMurray was miscast to be cast correctly in this. <laughs> like if that yeah. makes any sense. And there's uh, you know the beautiful shots when he's uh, uh, when Cece's at his desk, you know, and getting all these phone calls and stuff. Like just the expansive amount of people behind him doing the same shitty fucking job he's doing, and like why he stands out just a little bit more because yeah. of that key, like there's just something about the apartment and everything that goes into it that that. I have to give it best director. Nice. For best director, I have to go with Billy Wilder from Sunset Boulevard. Not only for getting great performances from the actors, especially Gloria Swanson and William Holden and uh, uh, Eric von Stroheim, but also the other minor supporting characters as well. This will be the mill. Yeah. Great scene stealing there. Um, but there's also just the staging of the scenes. I mean, all the scenes we've talked about already in le- at length, but also one of my other favorite scenes in the movie was just from a staging point um, From is when Joe and Betty are having that conversation on the studio lot, and she's telling him his uh, her life story and all that. Just I just yeah. thought about it shot, how it's set up, how uh, the actors are placed, and how it pl- plays out from beginning to end. That's great as well, so... And top to bottom, it's just like it's such an excellent movie. So I have to give him best director to, uh, for Sunset Boulevard. Nice. This is my second tie. 
Okay. I, had, I had Billy Wilder <laughs> for um, The Apartment and Some Like It Hot. Mm-hmm. I think they were the two of these films, the two late, I think it was 1959, 1960. So I, I feel like throughout the course, we're talking about film, the first one was 1944, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I feel like you can really see his progression. You know what I mean? I, I feel like he, he's getting better with his, with every one, he's getting better with characters, he's getting better with plot, he's getting better with development, he's getting better with screenplays, he's getting... And I just feel like everything comes together the best in those two films. You know, that that's really what it what it boils down to, man. I mean, I think those two films have just the right amount of character development, and um, they're also entertaining. The two that I would probably recommend to people. You know what I mean? Like it would be it would be probably those two films. Um, and I, I really think it's just the, the his experience is coming is developing more and more as you go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, apartment something like a hot. Nice. Sunset Boulevard, Billy Walder. Um, he was under a lot of pressure by everyone a part of the production, but I think he made the right decision every single time. For example, uh, Charles Brackett, who co-wrote Sunset, uh, thought certain sequences were too cruel, but Walder insisted it was essential to show mm-hmm. how driven Norma was, what time and age had done to a superstar. Um, William Holden wanted his character to be nicer and not such a dick, but Walder stuck to his vision and kept him a dick. Um, the casting of Gloria Swanson. Her last film was Nine Years Before Sunset. Mm-hmm. As a director, he also helped write the film. Um, he knew exactly what he wanted at every moment. Every shot is perfectly executed. I think Billy Wilder made one of the best films about Hollywood. So mm-hmm. I'm going Sunset Boulevard. And there's a lot of things about... I mean, so one of the things I like... You know, we talked about Cecil B. DeMille or whatever. You know, like, he agreed to do that film for, like, $10,000 in a new Cadillac. And then they showed up and like he realized like you really really like, really needed him you know what I mean and he was like well I'll do it for another ten thousand yeah. dollars <laughs> you know like he's like oh, fuck it you know <laughs> yeah fine um, but no I, I think one of the things that one of the we haven't touched on this line but one of the things that I really like about it is you know Norma's not exactly old I mean she's like fifty you yeah know what I mean mm-hmm. it's like, and I think there's a line toward the end where he's like there's nothing wrong with being fifty unless you're trying to be twenty five you know what I mean and like I think that's you know you're you're not washed up. You're a fucking woman. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You're just a regular person. Just age gracefully. Yeah, you know? exactly. That takes us to wild card, guys. Wild card. Create your own category. I created the category of best love interest. Mm. So we got women in all these movies. We got Fran Kublik in The Apartment. We got Phyllis Dietrichson in Dumb and Indemnity. You got Sugar Cane and something like it hot. You got Betty Grable and stuff. That's like the only woman of the side sure. besides Russians. Right. And then Norma Desmond in Sunset Boulevard. At the end of the day, you know, do I want to go with someone that I want to fuck? <laughs> <laughs> do I want to go with someone that I could settle down with and marry? You know, I'm a sad, single, lonely guy. <laughs> so I'm going with Fran Kublik. Awesome. I love... I've talked about it. I'll... Talk your fucking ear off about Shirley MacLaine. I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, like awesome. I didn't, I didn't like really care about Shirley MacLaine before yeah. watching this movie. Like, I've known Shirley MacLaine most of my life as a, an actress. You know, the sister of Warren Beatty or whatever. But like, I don't, I didn't like watch any of her movies. Yeah. I didn't get why she was great. Like now, I fucking understand. She's like, a heart stopper, man. So yeah. fucking in love with her. Like, I said, we've been talking about this all week. She's man. my <laughs> manic pixie dream girl. We, like, we've been uh, at like work, and it'd be like. Kyle would be like, I really want to fuck her though. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, oh, God. I might be somebody across the room like, you guys are being weird. <laughs> like, I, do, I don't know. Did it ever get creepy? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really want to fuck her. <laughs> like, I'll do her now. Don't care. <laughs> Bring her in. She here? What are you doing this weekend? You up for a road trip? Uh, yeah. Fight me. Right. Fight me. Yeah. Right. Uh, for best wild card, I created a category called 
best comeuppance because I do believe a lot of the bad characters. Here's Shirley MacLaine no. too. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> do get, I do believe a lot of the bad guys get their just desserts in this in these movies. But I felt that the best one was in Stalag Seventeen when the POWs throw Price to the guards so they can mm. riddle him with bullets as a distraction while Sefton and Dunbar make their escape. It's such delicious irony that the stool pigeon meets his end so that the prisoners can benefit, whereas all this time the uh, prisoners were suffering through the the prison the prison guards' machinations just so that the prison could stay like perfect to have a perfect record of no escapes. Um, I also love how that reveal plays out at the end of the film. First, we see Price deliver the message. Then Sefton tells Price that he knows that the latter is the informant because he saw him deliver the message. He's like hiding in the shadows. Uh, then Sefton exposes the secret communication system. It's just great writing. I love it. So that's why I had to give it my wild card. Nice. Brad fucking stole my wild card for his defining moment. It's mm. Marilyn Monroe. Oh, <laughs> like, so um, I wanted to talk about Marilyn Monroe because, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's one of those things where you see pictures of someone, it doesn't do her justice. Like, oh, she's, she's just, so charming. Eyes and her yeah, she's just so fucking charming. And, like, I, we're... I had to go back and like watch things again because like I realized like as I'm watching the scene like I'm just watching Marilyn Monroe yeah, like I'm, I'm just I'm just, I'm just watching yeah. her like um, you know when when they're on the boat and they're kissing it's like I just like I'm like longing like, for this yeah. woman like it's so crazy she's um, just as good in a turtleneck as she does in a nightgown right yeah oh. it's oh. yeah I, I can't say enough things about Marilyn Monroe it just absolutely yeah. blew my fucking mind in this movie like, and Billy like, Walter directed Seven Year Itch right mm-hmm. yeah. so we yeah. can even throw that in our next marathon yeah. Jesus Christ that's gonna be a good one. Oh, so guys this is my favorite wild card I've ever created ever oh, alright so um, out of 30 marathons, I think we're about 30, 31 marathons, Jeez. 300 episodes, mm-hmm. okay, tonight, uh, we don't get a lot of chances to celebrate women, mm-hmm. ever, mm-hmm. all right? That's just Hollywood, man. It's it's very male-centric, um, not, a lady, not a lot of great roles for women, uh, but Billy Wilder was the ladies' man. Um, we have four strong female performances in this marathon, Gloria Absolutely. Swanson, Shirley MacLaine, Marilyn Monroe, and Barbara Stanwyck. Um, I'm only allowed two or yeah two tie points. That's it. So I can't award all four. I'm using both ties for this category. I'm going Gloria Swanson for Sunset Boulevard, Shirley MacLaine for The Apartment, wow. and Marilyn Monroe. Some like it hot. Nice. So uh, I, like I just that. use both my ties. So my best picture is only worth one point. Um, but I'm calling my wild card the Ladies Man Award. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> so all right, guys, that takes us to worst picture. All right. I, clearly, I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, but it's Sunset Boulevard. Oh, wow. Um, damn. I noticed you haven't given a single award I gave, I gave it one. Uh, Norman Desmond. Oh, okay. the Best, or best mm. actress, Gloria Swanson. Mm. Okay. Um, I, and it's not that I don't like Sunset Boulevard. It's just that I don't... I, you know, it was maybe second or third in some categories, but there are things that just, it just... It doesn't do as well for me. I do think that uh, William Holden's not... As, as good as as being you know almost worthy of being uh, best actor like I, I think he's okay I don't mm-hmm. think he's mind blowing I don't like that there's so much narration in the movie it's a lot of tell instead of show I think this movie would have served itself a lot better just to let you put your own machinations on a lot of what's happening see, I so, love that narration I, see I, I like it too I, I guess it's just it. a personal thing yeah, I, I, just, love I, it. I can't stand it yeah. I, 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 I choose the narration over double indemnities mm-hmm. um so no, I love it. I love I it. Know, double indemnity. It. <laughs> I like it. Double indemnity because it's a story. <laughs> so like, close. It, it, it's better that way. But, um, 
Um, I, I I like the last shot, but I hate the fucking like fuzzy fade. That always it's that's weird always fade. bothered me, and it always like takes me away. Like it, it should have just faded away instead of like fucking star wipes. It basically should have just star wiped. <laughs> and most of that narration is beyond the grave. I love that. Mm-hmm. And even he sympathizes with, um, yeah. you know, uh, Norma Desmond at the end. Like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, it's, I love it. And I, I think it's, out of these movies, I think it's probably the worst shot, too. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you've got this beautiful space with her mansion, and you don't explore it well enough. You don't, I agree that you don't explore you it. You don't, you, because you don't see it as empty as it's being talked about. Like, mm-hmm. it's talked about as being this, like, empty, like, broken down place. But once you're inside, it's pretty lively. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot going on inside. And it should have been a lot more fucking dead and a lot more dreary and dark and a little more weird. But it, it just, it didn't satiate me in that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I might get a lot of shit for mine as well. And possibly, probably also for my brother. Uh, that's what, because I'm going with Some Like It Hot. Ooh. I felt that the compared to these other stories, I felt that this story was a little bit more shallow, except towards the end where we get the homosexuality vibes going in there. Especially I hated, I did, or really strongly disliked the gangster subplot. I didn't care about them at all. Uh, noticed no one gave uh, Spats Columbo best villain because mm-hmm. he's one of the worst, he's the worst villain in all of this. <laughs> uh, relatively uninteresting, interesting characters. Um, Joe and Jerry, yes, and um, Sugar as, as well, but some of the other minor characters, not that great, like I said, weak villains. Um, yeah, just compared to the other films where there's there's like a lot of substance, a lot of deep, strong messages um, being told. Yes, I had fun. Yes, I, I laughed. Marilyn's great. But it's just more of a diversion rather than a strong, impactful film. It's just a fun time, but I couldn't quite get into it like the rest of you did. So I had to, unfortunately, give it worse picture. Okay. You guys are both wrong. Anyway, yeah. Nathan? The right, the right answer is Stalag 17. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking movie is so bad. Mm. I don't fucking like it, Brad. Uh, like, I watched half well, I guess, of it. Guess who's not coming to the um, Stalag 17 versus Great Escape? Yeah. Versus. Versus. <laughs> versus. Um, I don't get it. Uh-huh. I don't get why people fucking like this movie. Um, we watched... we. I, this is a, an honest-to-God first, as far as marathons go, where I watched half of it. I literally got... I said, fuck it, I can't do this anymore. And I, got, I was like, I'm going to go play Batman. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and, and, and as I did, Rachel goes, thank God. <laughs> like, and she was like, she was like, I honestly... So like, I was watching this, and then I just realized... I looked at my phone, I just realized that there's an hour left of this film, and I kind of had a panic attack. Because I don't, I don't want to watch it anymore, and I just, like, I, I have to, because it's on. <laughs> like, um, so... I and I kept putting it off, putting it off. I came home from work today, knocked out that last forty-five fucking minutes. Didn't change my mind at all. I do think the last forty-five minutes better than the first hour. I told you it was. It is. <laughs> I told you, Nathan. And I told you. <laughs> I think Animal is beyond the worst fucking supporting. How he got it of at a fucking Academy Award nomination or whatever for supporting it. He ruins every fucking scene he's in. Like there's that scene. They they go out with the fucking paint. It's very Three Stooges. It's yeah, like, like it, it's like, and they're they're like, and like I don't fucking get it. Like the tone is all over the fucking place. Like it's a fucking slap. Like imagine if like the Three Stooges, like was like if there was only fucking two of them, and it wasn't, <laughs> and it wasn't fucking the funny. Two Stooges, <laughs> and it, and they were in a German concentration camp. Yeah. Like it's not do you, funny. Do you know what this I, influenced? 
I'm sure a lot Hogan, of shit. Hogan's heroes. Hogan's heroes. Oh, oh yeah. Down, down Periscope. When, when you... Yes. <laughs> down yes. Periscope. No, shut the fuck up. No, don't do that. <laughs> down Periscope. <laughs> no, because I love that. Don't do that. So <laughs> You need to rewatch Style Alex No, because I, I was telling... I was like, I was like talk, talk to me about Style 17, because I don't know a lot about it. And he was like, it's like Hogan's Heroes. I was like, all right, cool. That's cool. I'm on board with that. But it's not funny, though. Like, I don't I don't know, man. I nothing. I liked um, Sefton. Sefton was cool. Uh-huh. I don't, know, I don't ever want to see it again. We'll, all, we'll talk about it. All ever four again. of us have different <laughs> worst pictures. Huh? Yeah, so I'm going uh, worst picture double identity. Indemnity. God damn it! <laughs> so close. So I'm glad I watched all these movies a week ahead of time because uh, this it makes this category a little bit easier. I enjoyed all these movies, but if there's one film that I forgot about, it's that one I can't say. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he who shall not be named. <laughs> I would watch the other four films again before Double I. All right. So it wasn't bad. I liked it. Um, just didn't stick with me like sure. the others. Um, so there you go. There you have it. N dem na t. Okay. <laughs> all right. That takes us to best picture. All right. I use no ties. Uh, so my best picture is worth three points. And, yeah, see, apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, I it was the first movie I watched, and maybe that's part of the reason why I had Sunset as my worst. I watched it last, and I'd watched four fucking incredible movies, and was just like, "All right, I got another one to go," and it just didn't live up to. Not, none of these movies lived up to the apartment because I watched it first. Um, it was a movie that I hadn't seen before uh, doing this marathon. And so that, like, maybe helped a little bit, but I just fucking love beginning to end. I didn't expect the risky kind of uh, subject matter, you know, involving suicide and using your fucking apartment as a brothel so your boss can fuck, you know, mistresses. Like, and I didn't expect all these, like, beautiful subplots that, that, that come out, and I didn't expect to fall in love with Shirley MacLaine. I didn't expect, you know... The beautiful little nuances, like having the spaghetti on the fucking tennis racket, mm-hmm. is so great, mm-hmm. so fucking wonderful. This this movie just like blows my mind. If I had to say, you know, best picture to me is usually like which of these would I pop in immediately again? It's the apartment, and I know it for a fact because I watched it again today because I couldn't stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. The apartment definitely would have gotten my runner up because I did like that movie a lot as well. Uh, but I have to go with Sunset Boulevard. I've talked about it a lot, so I don't have a whole lot more to say, but. It just feels like a like a fable, like a modern day fable, just because of the fairy tale aspect of it. Kind of like about this, I guess, princess gone mad or something, and just the lessons that's delivered. Uh, yeah, and it's timeless, and it just resonates. Uh, I might resonate with me, with me a little bit more because, like, I'm a writer, so I really dug um, Joe's screenwriter background as well. So I got into that subplot as well. But I just thought it was a great movie. Um, I was hoping some of the other films would measure up more so I could like give more awards to uh, Sun- to them as opposed to Sunset Boulevard. But it had so many other run-ups in the other categories, though I could have easily... This easily could have had many more idols than it did. But I have to give it Best Picture. I loved it. Timeless is a good, good yeah. word. Yeah. yeah. It's the apartment. Mm. Um... I really like Sunset Boulevard. It was the one I watched the I so I watched the apartment first. I was saying like I watched the apartment first. I watched them alphabetically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I watched the apartment I? first. I, I think I got the idea from you, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, I watched the apartment first and then 
you know, I think it's telling that I gave so many awards to the apartment because I because I did watch it first. You know, like, like Sunset was when I just watched. It's fresh in my mind. And I'm just like I I you know I I watch the film. I do a little research. So all the Sunset stuff is like fresh because I just watched it last night. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like yeah, when I'm writing out awards, like oh yeah, fucking Sunset, Sunset. Um, but the apartment sticks with me. I think of all these films, like I think the thing things I like about Billy Wilder films, I like I like the narration. You know, so a couple films have that. Um, the apartment has it. Sunset have it, you know, Double Indemnity has it. Um, great character development. Um, I, I think it's, it, I think in terms of like raw entertainment, I like it more than Sunset. Like, I, I think Sunset is great, but like, I've seen Sunset now a few times. I don't feel like I have to own Sunset. Like, I feel like I have to go out and buy the apartment. You know what I mean? I want it. I want, I want other people to see it, you know? Um, when some people, when people are like, oh, hey, in fact, all this week, you know, uh, people have been like talking to people about movies, and I'll be like, "Hey, man, you need to go see The Apartment." It's not not Sunset, you know. I'm not saying, "Hey, go see Sunset, go see something like it hot." I'm just like, "You need to go see The Apartment," and I I think that tells me that I you know I think that's the best. Picture, you think it, you know? um, maybe it's because Apartment is new to you right now, and you've seen Sunset a few times. I still think there's a, it's it's just a, like that new present you just get. No, I, 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 all I think it's the most relatable <laughs> movie here. I mean, yeah, I think, I think double, that's like, important. Double Indemnity. Yeah. I, I assume none of us have killed a person. <laughs> um, some like a hot, you know, we've never like been on the run from, you know, the mob. Stalag, we've never been in prison. Like, Sunset Boulevard, we're not some crazy old woman. Like, we're human beings that have up and downs in our lives. Like, we're watching two people that are like middle of the road when we start the movie that just fucking hit rock bottom hard. And they have to fucking just fucking just climb as hard as they can mm-hmm. to get even back to middle ground, and which is where we end. We don't end on a high note. We just end, they're just back to where they were when they started. And that's, that's life, like, right. fucking mm-hmm. little, like, dips and, and raises, but, you know, just trying to, at least, at the very least, stay middle ground. Right. I I love Sunset Boulevard, don't get me fucking wrong, I love Sunset Boulevard, um, but I think The Apartment's the one that's gonna stick with me, that, like, you know, I, I wanna own it, I want other people that I know to see it, you know, so. Yeah, it's a great film, it would've been my number two, um, Best Picture, Sunset Boulevard. Um, it went through a tough gauntlet of films. And it still took a lot of my awards. Um, yeah. A lot of people talk about, you know, the, the best American film ever made is Citizen Kane. Um, a lot of people even throw Casablanca in there. Um, I think my, my, I think my, and I love both those movies, don't get me wrong, fantastic. Uh, but I think my personal Citizen Kane, my personal Casablanca is Sunset Boulevard. Mm. Um, I think it's uh, one of the best American films ever made. Um, I think it's uh, one of the greatest films about Hollywood. Um, I think it's timeless. Uh, you said that, Matt. Um, I think it's the greatest Twilight Zone movie never made. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a perfect movie that everybody needs to see. Um, that's my favorite. favorite you know, I, I think there was there was a quote uh, from AV. It's, recently, someone was saying, like, oh, hey, I just noticed that such and such wasn't in pain. Or it was denied. What's that about? And then uh-huh. uh, Andy Burns had said, like, you know, no list that doesn't have Sunset on it is yeah, worth yeah. a shit. And it was like, <laughs> well, okay, well, here's what happened. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah, know what? Like, I kind of agree with it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, I don't disagree with that statement. Like, Sunset got fucking robbed. Like, you're not, like, I don't hate that you picked Sunset, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I gave all, most of my awards went to Sunset, so it's not like, you know, but, yeah, the, the apartment, I just really like, too. All right, any final comments, guys? Uh, this um, was a great marathon for me. I had not seen Double Indemnity or Stay Like 17 before this, and the other ones I hadn't seen in a long time, so it was great to revisit all of them. Um, all the films were fun, even though Some Like It Hot was my least favorite. It wasn't like by like a mile. I still had a lot of fun mm-hmm. with it. And, you know, Double Indemnity was a big revelation for me as, a, as like a film noir because I, I really like those type of films. 
Stalag 17 was great as well. Um, yeah, just a really really strong marathon for me. Yeah, a great I took one. a lot of awesome things with me. Shirley MacLaine, Marilyn yeah, Monroe, sure. Jack Lemmon, like mm-hmm. we talked. There was a, this mm-hmm. was a great, honestly, probably one of my favorite marathons. Um, yeah, the quality on, of movies, like I really yeah. did love our. Our Jason Marathon, just mm-hmm. breaking down things. It was a different kind of marathon. Right. It's just fun, mm-hmm. right? But for the quality of movies, um, mm-hmm. I ranked this one up right with Akira Kurosawa for me. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's funny when you go back and you watch these old films and you're just like, what the fuck happened to movies? No shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? What happened like, to leading men, right? Yeah. I mean, because like, you look at some of the leading men now... And you look back at William Holden and Jack Lemmon, mm. and you're like, Fred McMurray, right? Mm. Whatever happened to that quality right. of actor, yeah. you know? Um, or actresses, Shirley MacLaine, Marilyn Sure, oh my absolutely. God, you know? So, all right, guys, let's take a break. Uh, we'll count the Golden Idols. Um, we'll be back with the results. Um, Ryan, give us, a, give us a message for the, for the video landers. A message? Yes. A message? A closing a message. message. That was it. That was it. That was it. There we go. All right. Thank you, Ryan Smith. We can always count on you. We'll be we back with the results. Count, yeah. My life. It always will be. There's nothing else. Just us. And the cameras. And those wonderful people out there in the dark. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close up. We are back. Before we give the Golden Idol results, what movie won the AV poll on Facebook, Kyle? Well, let's go through it real fast. We got in last place with two votes Double Indemnity. Uh, Stalag 17 with 4 votes Then The Apartment with 6 Some Like a Hot with 12 And Sunset Boulevard with 17 Not a heavily voted in poll I don't but, think a lot know, of people I don't watched, watched Right, right, right. Yeah, And yeah, I, yeah. I completely understand We did the Friday the 13th There's like 100 people voting Right you know? Yeah. Uh, you know what This is the first time I think I Pretty much almost agree with that poll I would probably go Sunset Boulevard Apartment Some Like, some like It Hot Stalag 17 And then Double I I put Salag at the, at the end, but other than that, it, pretty close. You could you could mix those top three as long as so like, nothing like the pool. <laughs> no, I think I think like apartment sunset and uh, something like a hot are so close to me. You know what I mean? Like one, two, and three, they could just depend on the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, and there's just some comments in here. We got Marshall Wade said, I've only seen two of these, Sunset and Some Like a Hot, but I actually love them both. I hope you guys like Some Like a Hot because I think it's got some great humor, but I don't see it winning a ton of awards. It did pretty well, I think. It did all right. It did yeah. do pretty well, yeah. Um, Andrew Byrne said, Someone made this poll wrong. There's no all the above option. Uh, your wife, Brad, said, I'm a big fan of the, uh, his movies, and I have a special place in my heart for Sunset. Maybe this time it will make Pantheon. And then Cathal Coleman said, Ace in the Hole is my favorite. <laughs> Which is not even an option. Mm-hmm. But those votes don't even matter. What matters is what happened in this room for people that definitely watched all the movies uh, and and had to sit and think and, and stew over them all. Real quick, Ryan. Yo. You were, uh, Yo. You've been on the council since day one. Do you think Sunset got robbed? I, w- were you an initial no vote? I was a no vote. Ooh. Were you really? Uh-huh. Do you stand by that? So I mean, no, no. I, 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 no, I really, I really don't know. I, I, I just need to watch it again. That was one of our. That was a season one. Season one. That was very first nomination. Things are a little. Yeah, things, things are way different. a little now. different. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. All right. So what is? Uh, give us the marathon results. In last place was Stalag seventeen with one oh. point. Uh, right after that, or right above that, was oh. Double Indemnity with five points. Then Some Like It Hat had 14, and literally it came down to the last vote again. <laughs> did it? Really? It did. 
Had you got had you gone apartment, it would have been a tie. Uh, apartment ended up with twenty five, and Sunset won with twenty seven. <sighs> wow. Whoa. So yeah, it was real fucking close. Like Sunset had the lead most of the way through it, but then Apartment slowly started creeping back in towards mm. the end, and Sunset wasn't taking as many awards. Man, um, are we one hundred percent confident? One hundred percent confident in that. Ooh, that All man! The these last out. two marathons, yeah, two the last two marathons, closest AV marathons of all time. Mm-hmm. That is nuts, man. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, we got to work on the system to figure out what's gonna happen Woo! if we, we yeah. tie. Because I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like if you've got an apartment, like what the fuck would we do? Like, yeah, we got yeah. two films with twenty six. Yeah. yeah. Well, in this case, um, I think it's a it's an easy fix. It's just um, if both movies go through a gauntlet of five mm-hmm. films. I think both of them just, if they're agreed on at the table, it would go through the agreement process. Mm-hmm. You know, Sunset Apartment, you know, what do you guys oh, think? They could, they could both go both up. Go up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was only weird with know. the Jason one because the winner had to go into the verse. Exactly. Yeah. That's the rare one, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, that's how it would go. So um, for any of our new listeners, the Pantheon is where we put the best movies ever made, House of the Gods. So does Sunset Boulevard deserve Pantheon? Or let me say, does it deserve a kick up? So who wants to go first? It's. Let's let Matt go. He's leaving. I definitely feel it deserves Pantheon. I thought this is almost as perfect a movie as you can get. I mean, the only bad part of it, I thought, maybe, is um, what Betty's friend. I wasn't a huge fan of him and that little subplot there. But uh, everything else, just great. Um, great duos, great everything. Um, easy yes for me. Have Kyle go last, because he's the only one that said it was his worst film. Because okay. mm-hmm. I think... Yes, <laughs> I've said it like eight times. I it got fucking robbed. I wanted to go back up. Um, I really went out of my way to make sure that I wasn't throwing fucking points at sunset just because I, you know, I feel like it got robbed. I wanted the apartment. If I'm being honest, I wanted the fucking apartment to win. So, um, yeah, I still say yes. Yeah, yeah there might be possibly three pantheon films here and yeah, with that i saying, think there are three pantheon films. And and uh, and I don't say that lightly mm-hmm. at all. You know and. Uh, Sunset still killed it for me. So it's like Pantheon times two. (laughs) I don't know. Like Pantheon, or it still took a lot of my awards. Um, I think it should, I don't know what Kyle's going to say here, but uh, I think it should be at least kicked up. Um, I'm saying yes for sure, but I I would hope it gets kicked up because I think it was Rob season one. Um, I think it's a blemish. You know, kind of on Pantheon, and uh, you know, like that guy just called us out not too long ago. It's like, fuck, why is Sunset Boulevard in the denied list? You know, and uh, I think it'd be interesting to at least take a movie off of the denied list. It's never happened, especially for episode three hundred. It's history, baby. At least kick it up and say, guys, what do you think here? You know, because it's one, it's the most talked about, I think, um, denied film ever. Everyone talks about Sunset Boulevard. Like Mm -hmm. Spencer Edging said, no. And uh, he was one of the deciding factors why it didn't make Pantheon as well. And he was like, you know, if I had it to do it all over again, I would have said yes to sun, you know, Sunset. I'm not for sure what Ryan's going to say, but uh, I think uh, I'd love to see it get kicked up just to celebrate kind of the history of AV and yeah. just to see if it even has a chance. Um, it'd be like the second time. And so I say yes. Kyle, what do you think? Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm in agreement that I think it got robbed. I think it probably should have went in when it was nominated originally, because I think I think you know there were what three no votes, which was at the time would have been something to cap it out, right? I don't even remember. I don't remember something remember like that, it. but yeah. <clears throat> and I know I know at least one of those people said they would have made it a yes. <clears throat> so you know, right there it says that it it would have made it if they were you know thinking a little right. more rationally for themselves. I also gave it my worst picture, mm. 
And to say, like, this is my worst picture and I think it deserves Pantheon is really fucking tough to, However, to say. However, these are great fucking movies. Yeah, though. and like, yeah. worst it's not like it's the going, best It's not like made. it's going like, up against, uh, you know, Friday 13th Part right. 1. <laughs> and even though I said it's my worst picture, I also admit I really like the movie. It's not that I, like, fucking hate it. I just really like the other four movies more mm. than this. Like, if I had to put in... Put them in order. Like it's it's the last one I'm gonna watch on a rewatch. It ended up with zero points for me at the end of this. I gave it a point, but it got worse picture, so it lost a point there too. So that's tough to say. I agree that there are three Pantheon films here: The Apartment, Some Like It Hot, and Double Indemnity. Whoa, that's rough. To me, Sunset Boulevard misses the mark. But. <laughs> it it would be a shame if it didn't get a second chance so i will say it deserves a kick up but don't expect a yes out of me okay Okay. so that means it's not pantheon guys it's us to go through uh two-thirds majority vote nine council members so props to you for at least giving it a kick up see what everybody says um all right guys well we've gone pretty long this is a billy wilder marathon so rightfully so i think it deserved a long conversation so um any final comments kyle in terms of marathons, I think this is the the best we've done as far as like the five movies that we had to watch. Where I'm just like, oh man, this I is think it's pretty this fucking close to really Akira tough. Kurosawa for me, man. This was really. The, I, I think that's the first time I've ever tied first or best picture. Yeah, was Akira Kurosawa. That was Seven Samurai mm. and High and Low. Yeah, I just I I think there was like I wasn't a big fan of Rashomon, and I, Seven Samurai doesn't hit with me as well as it does other things. So like. This one to me, I don't think the apartment was my best picture in this. I don't know if it's the best like movie we've done, but it it it's really fucking good to me. Like you know, maybe maybe Yojimbo's above it, maybe you know, Liberty Valance is above it, Rear Window to me. But like, man, the apartment's right up there with them. Yeah, we've and, talked some good, fucking, yeah, some good yeah. fucking movies. Three hundred episodes, man. Yeah. We've talked some good shit. Yeah, but uh, I I yeah, I like this marathon a lot. And then two movies that I hadn't seen, Stalag 17 in the apartment. Like, I liked those movies fucking a lot, so. I liked it as well. Even though most of my awards went to Sunset Boulevard and, like, five of them went to the apartment, I liked all of the films uh, quite a bit. Um, it is a very, was a very strong marathon, a very fun marathon, very challenging for me to decide how I was going to split up my idols, what I was going to give what. I lost sleep, yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. I went to so. bed late one night mm-hmm. doing awards, and I woke up early doing awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This very challenging marathon, but very rewarding as well, so it was just great. I had a lot of fun. I really like this marathon. I like whenever we do the um, the Labor Day marathon, yeah. you know what I mean? Because it mm-hmm. exposes Quality me to shit. shit that I haven't yeah. seen before yet. Um, <clears throat> I didn't like Stalag 17. I don't. I don't ever want to see that movie again. Talk about it ever again. Um, but like, other than that, this is a fucking. This is a fucking ball buster of a marathon. Dude, it is awesome. I'm gonna let you guys um, call it now. There's two. Uh, we can only do one, obviously, because it's next year's Labor Day. Um, but I'm set on one of two. So I'll let you guys decide the one of two. Takira Kurosawa Part Two. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it probably should. I want to do. Um, Pal and Pressburger. So if you guys okay. don't know, you can look into them. You know, uh, Pal and Pressburger, or we can switch it up because we've done directors and do Ray Harryhausen. I, I thought you were going to say Ray Harryhausen. Yeah, I was uh, set on that, but <clears throat> I also want to talk about Pal and Pressburger. So I'll let you guys decide what you guys want to do. I would be fine one. with either of those, but yeah, we'll. Do you have? You want to just think about that? Thing? Yeah, I'll just think about it. Yeah. Okay, I'm set on one of those two. Harryhausen would be really cool, but I let me think about it. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, all right, guys. Well, that ends our conversation. As always, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's conversation. Where can Video Land find you? 
can find me on the Facebook group. Usually for the marathons, I you know I'm posting a little bit about the movies, try to get us talking about them and pe- get people thinking about them before we do them and, and post on the polls. Uh, you can find me in Movie Script Life everywhere else. You can find me in the Facebook group, Adventures in the Video Land. You can find me on Twitter, at TravelinMatt77. You can find me on WordPress. You can find me on Goodreads. In North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. That's where you can find me as well. Come yeah. on and raise it. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, the double in deb deb de dee Best one yet. Nailed it. You can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com. We are on Facebook. That's where the conversation begins and ends. We're on Instagram. We're all over the place. Um, You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, my good people, stay cool. That's the way it crumbles. Stay safe. Cookie-wise. (laughs) Cookie-wise.